Welcome back to Star Wars Rewatch, where the hit point pals gather to revisit the sci-fi fantasy saga with fresh eyes. Today we'll be discussing Return of the Jedi, and once again we'll cover the despecialized version. We had our conversation on the despecialized version two episodes ago when we talked about A New Hope, so that's at the front half of that episode if you haven't heard it. Before I do that paragraph, I should have like introduced everybody, so let me just <laughs> introduce everyone now. Uh, we're joined today as always by William Suit, Cam Call, and Rebecca Markley. Yay, we're all here. Hi, friends. Uh, yup, yup. <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you. Return of the Jedi, directed by Richard Markland, was released in 1983 and would be the third and final film in the original Star Wars trilogy. Following in the wake of the critically acclaimed Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi had a lot to live up to. And Will is going to do our plot summary of this film, and you've written here as our first bullet point. Let's hear some first impressions. Good? Bad? Not so rad? Yeah, what, what, what does everyone feel? You know, after watching this movie, do, do you feel like, wow, I really wasted a lot of my time? Or do you feel like, wow, that was neat? I'd go with neat. I enjoyed it. Um, I was thinking about where this one stacks up with the uh, other two from the original trilogy. And I'd say, I, I'd have to say this one's probably my least favorite, but again, it's not... It doesn't feel like a waste of time. It doesn't feel like a bad movie. I still enjoyed it a lot. I'd just say I probably enjoyed them in the order that they were released. Like, I probably like Star Wars the best, Empire Strikes Back I like a little less, but still like it a lot. And then this one, once again, a little bit less than the last one, but still a good movie. Oh, so this one's the third for you? Yes, I would say so. Where are people... I wanted to do power rankings this episode. Well, let's just get this out of the way. Where, where, What are people feeling about the films now that we've seen all six of them does anyone have a working power ranking <laughs> um i know my, i definitely agree with cam as far as star wars a new hope was my favorite and then empire strikes back and then um return of the jedi as my least favorite from the original um yeah okay here's my list four five six three one two okay okay i think uh i think mine goes uh four star wars and then six uh, I think mine goes Star Wars, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace. Yeah, I, I would have last. to say, yeah, my, the difference between uh, 5 and 6, so Empire and Return of the Jedi, and Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, the difference between uh, those two, both from the original and the prequels, is pretty minor. So, like, yeah. I wouldn't say I like Empire Strikes Back way, way more. Than Return of the Jedi, and much the same. I wouldn't say I like Phantom Menace all that much more than Attack of the Clones. I think Return of the Jedi just felt like measurably more fun to me than Empire Strikes Back, which is why yeah. I'm pretty confident putting it ahead of Empire Strikes Back. Who hasn't done their who oh, hasn't done their uh, list? Well, I guess I'd pretty much agree with you for like the trilogy, like the original okay. trilogy listing. Like, I think New Hope is the best. Then I would rank. Well, yeah, I do New Hope, and then I do Return of the Jedi, and then I would do Empire. Not that like Empire is like, oh, it's my least favorite. Not because it's bad, but like yeah, if I had to rank them, I would put it last. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's that's more or less how I feel about it. It's more like if I had to pick between them, but you know, if somebody asked me like, hey, let's watch Star Wars. You want to watch uh, Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back? Like, I would not care either way. I don't know if I can decide between episode one and two which one I hate more. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's yeah. Just, But I ugh. think I think it's episode one. I think I hate episode one more. May, I don't um because I'm just remembering all of like the cringy ass. 
Okay, who thinks Attack of the Clones is the absolute worst one? I I, I do. I think, I, I do, I think yeah. it's the worst. Okay, so like, Cam episode- and Will think Episode two is the worst. Rebecca and I think Phantom Menace is like, the worst. Yeah. But again, me, it's really slim. It's, yeah, like, they're okay, really they're both close. shitty movies. Right. But Which is the important to thing. me, episode one is funnier because of how much just like terrible shit is in that movie. To me, I find it funnier. Episode two puts me to sleep and I hate that movie. Like, uh, uh. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's a lot more enjoyable in the way that watching a bad movie can be enjoyable yeah. for me to watch episode one. And there's less shit that just kind of makes me uncomfortable, like between Anakin and Padme, <laughs> which has to count for something in this list, I think. Yeah, like episode one's got all this neat stuff, like all the kids speak with yippee, namely Anakin. That. Like, I hate that so <laughs> much. Skywalker's okay. kitchen I, has I like spoons and metal stuff hanging from the ceiling. I like, agree like, with this argument as a as a like a premise. I agree with this concept, and this is usually how I feel about films, but I feel like it doesn't work for me in the like just for star wars as a film franchise because none of star wars is supposed to be like bad so i don't know to me that doesn't really work i just like i'm thinking of these films in terms of like a cohesive star wars story and to me episode one doesn't do any story yeah Mm -hmm. so that's why i put it at the bottom because i feel like you just you don't gain or learn anything yeah within the greater star wars story from watching that film that's fair that's that's definitely a valid way to look at it i think I do think I do think episode one is a, li- a a little bit more fun to watch. Uh, I do think episode two is a very sleepy film. How? But Wait, if how? I if I have like my Star Wars brain on, I enjoy episode two <laughs> a lot more than episode like, one. I don't know. That's right. Uh, okay, we all I, have Star I, Wars that, brain yeah. after this podcast, <laughs> that, and it's only going to get worse as we continue. <laughs> that that makes sense for your why you would put like. Yeah, one at the very bottom, but it's like I don't even remember how episode two starts. Whereas for episode one, it's like, <laughs> oh, droidicas, and like these things show up we've never seen. There's like a silver C3PO serving drinks. Uh, these Jedi's are talking about like embargoes, and then like these weird characters of dudes like freak out about stuff. They talk to a woman in white makeup on a screen. It's like it's incomprehensible <laughs> from the get go, and it's just like this is fantastic. Oh man! But th- but that isn't Return of the Jedi. We should. No. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Return of the Jedi begins uh, similarly to how A New Hope begins with you know a planet in shot and then or in frame and then this gigantic ship enters. However, I'm not really going to be starting our discussion there because I don't think a lot happens there. We just see a guy say, "I need more men." Oh. And then we go to Tatooine. So we're going to start on Tatooine. Well, we learn that the Death Star is being built, and that's about all the information. Yeah, they're building another Death Star, and apparently the Emperor is going to go check out the new Death Star. So we we from the get go, we know that the Emperor is going to be in this movie, and that's and that he is generally speaking scarier than Darth Vader. It's like we kind of get that guy's reaction, which I think is like pretty much the only sort of character development we get here because we get Darth Vader being scary. And we get this like simpering military official from the Empire being scared of Vader, but then more scared of the Emperor. We shall redouble our efforts. Ah. I I have a quick aside. At this scene, I asked Will, so the Emperor in this movie, he moves into the Death Star too. He makes that his home. Where the fuck was he before? And Will just went... Is on Coruscant because I forgot about like the world building that's done in the prequels (laughs) that establishes there is a like a center of the Republic and it's Coruscant. 
But like, if you've only seen these three films, you have no idea that exists. But then I would like assume city planet. Y- your assumption is just, oh, he's come from somewhere else in the empire. That's yeah, not guess. important. <laughs> it's so funny to me how how much of the original trilogy is centered around this empire and we don't really see what the empire looks like in terms of like civilian life at least we barely see what the rebels look like i don't understand what the galaxy looks like yeah it seems to be a pretty inbuilt assumption with the rebellion that once they kill the emperor and overthrow the empire that like things will probably be fine i mean like i get it's not really that interesting to talk about how are we going to administrate the planets (laughs) after we kill the emperor but it's pretty funny because they're like, this is our chance to completely destabilize the galaxy and nobody's really worried about it. Yeah, like I think it's I think it works fine this way. Like I, I, I like that we spend our entire time on screen on these like fringe planets that are barely populated and that's mm-hmm. where all the action takes place. It gives it that sort of like rustic frontier sort of vibe. But then in the back of my mind, there's always been this sort of like... If you erase the, if I erase my knowledge of the prequels, then I have this assumption of, or I have this question of, what what is like, what does this empire actually look like? What are the rebels fighting for? Uh, like, and and I guess it's just like budget stuff. Like, we don't know how to show a big city planet, or like we don't know how to show what's on Alderaan before we blow it up. I'll I'll let you get back to the, yeah. the plot. Didn't take Rest long in for peace, us to go Alderaan. off in a few tangents. Uh, well. This, you know, the Tatooine section, which I have written here in, the, in these notes as Dewanawanga, begins with R2-D2 and C-3PO walking in a canyon in a desert for some reason. And they arrive at this gigantic door where C-3PO taps on it and says, well, I guess nobody's home. What is what, what do people think of just like the introduction to the person they meet inside Jabba the Hutt, this this section where we kind of realize like, oh, this is Jabba. What's going on? Why are they here? <laughs> the one Alunga. Impressions thought, of Jabba? Oh, impressions of Jabba. He's really oh, so I didn't mean to cut you off. We, we spoke at the same time, so you can go with what you were going on. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I just thought it was kind of boring that the first thing that we really see of our like new pals that we've come to really like is that they're just sort of like wandering in the desert. Um, I guess we know that it's on Tatooine, but I just, I don't know. I feel like that was just kind of like lackluster. Um, but we do get like some good C-3PO being funny and weird um, and R2-D2 being a little short with him. Just a zany, <laughs> zany little robot. Yeah, but um, Jabba is fucking disgusting. He, like, makes my skin crawl with his, like, horrible little tongue that just, wow. Yeah, the tongue is really bad. <laughs> I hate it so much. Um, Which is good. I didn't think that was a point, so they... Yeah, I don't know if job. it would have been worse if it had been, like, a... Because he's a... Is he a puppet? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, he's, like, a huge big, puppet giant, design. Yeah. practical effects guy. Okay, you know? okay. I guess I just meant, like, it is practical and not just, like, CGI. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if it would be worse... Or like less gross if he was CGI, or like the fact that he does look very like puppet esque is like almost adds to the grosser. Grossness. Yeah, I was um, spent a, a while thinking about that as I was I mean, watching. We've seen C- CGI Jabba in uh, Phantom Menace, and he—I don't think he's nearly as gross. Yeah, even in oh, uh, yeah. the, the non-despecialized, the specialized, I guess, uh, version of i guess it's a new hope when they first meet han solo there's that weird mm-hmm. scene oh yeah where he and jabba talk which sucks and i'm glad it's 
not in the despecialized version, but he's a lot less gross in that one. And he's like up and moving around, which I kind of like that he never actually moves in this one. He's yeah, just got the people like that dragging that thing around. Dude, and then they went back and threw Jabba over him after they like figured out what Jabba was. Yeah, right. Just it being a puppet, like you, you, you know, it's not this actual slug beast, and it's some sort of, you know, some sort of material. But then you see like the slimy, gooey parts of his like mouth, the things on his tongue, and it's like, okay, he's not real, but I don't want to touch that, and I don't want to be yeah. anywhere near it. He's not yeah. real, and I'm glad he isn't. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm surprised by the amount of detail in his eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, his yeah, eyes a, can like dilate. It's a really good looking. Uh, character design, I guess. Just a generally really good job with puppets, which is a lot also like how they Salacious do it. Crumb. He sits there and like gnaws on Jabba's tail. Yeah. He, he like eats it raw for some reason. Ugh. He just eats I it for some why. reason. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that until this viewing. Maybe they cut it out in the non despecialized. Maybe? I don't know. I think one thing uh, kind of on this note of Jabba and Salacious Crumb that at least to me stands out is like you can see this progression George Lucas is going through. This first section of this movie has so many creatures and little co- like little beings off to the side and it cuts to them a whole lot. Like we get so many weird new creatures and puppets like right from the get go. Yeah. Yeah, we really do. You kind of can tell that George has the budget to make all these little guys that he wanted to probably have in the previous movies, but I kind of like it in this one. It feels like it's not as distracting as it can be in the prequels, because I think we're supposed to feel really weird and out of place in Jabba's palace. It's Mm -hmm. very different from, you know, out in space fighting the Empire, and I kind of like that aspect of it, and it feels like it just makes it feel more alien and more almost lawless, I guess. Yeah, I would agree with the more like lawless feel. Also, the pig guys have really nasty noses. Yeah, they've always got like visible snot Ugh. on them. So <laughs> gross. Which is a good detail, but it is gross. All right, George, what should the guards for evil space crime lord Jabba look like? Pigs with axes. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just so funny. Oh, those uh, the, the the Gamorian dudes or whatever. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know they they have their. Uh, I, I guess they display the message from Luke where Luke says, "Hi, Jabba, big fan. Let's make a deal. It'd be really cool. I hope you like these droids." And Jabba's like, "Ho ho ho ho." I'm not going to make a deal, but I will take the droids. And then we get to see, I guess, a droid torture retrofitting room <laughs> of some sort. I don't know. We just we just have to, like, see them do this stuff for some reason. I have a question I, I, about, like, droid anatomy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. I... Would they... Um, I don't remember if, like, C-3PO has ever complained about, like, being in pain um would they be programmed to like feel pain or are I they just not. are they just you know screaming you have for to no assume reason that they are programmed well that to one feel that's pain. getting its feet branded absolutely yeah. is ah, ah, ah. But do you think it's just because he's like afraid 
I, it definitely seems like it's reacting. To uh, yeah, the, the implication is that his feet his are getting feet. like burnt, or being like melted. Yeah, and there's mm. like steam vents on the soles of this droid's feet for, for some reason, just in case. <laughs> just in case you ever need to brand them. Huh. I don't know. Well, after that, um, I believe we then see C-3PO as the uh, interpreter for Big Jabba himself. And then somebody shows up and they've got Chewbacca held hostage. It's a new bounty hunter. Oh, my. Oh, no. Who has Chewbacca? Who could it be? Who's this new Who's this new character? Oh, my word. Is it Dengar? It, yeah, it must be Dengar or Bosk or any other extended universe bounty hunter character. And they pull out a thermal detonator and threaten to blow everybody up. And Jabba's like, yes, I like this. Hell yeah. Oh, my dude. Yeah, go off, King. I'll pay you but we, extra. We also see that Lando is here in costume. Don't what know how is the he, point of Lando being don't here? Don't know how he got the job, like, because <laughs> he's a guard, so... Well, he he seems like a guard or something. I didn't think so, he was a guard. I thought he was just hanging out. Oh, I guess so. Oh, I thought the he was a guard. Thing... I got the impression he had a guard because he had a weapon all the time, but and I guess he had that everyone did. helmet, and there's another person wearing that same helmet later when Luke is killing people on oh. the barge. I guess I just assumed Lando killed a guy and took his clothes yeah, at yeah. some point. I do, too. Fair enough. Well, we see that, uh, okay, so parts of our gang are here. We know that Han Solo, uh, when we get introduced to Jabba, is still frozen in carbonite up against, like, a wall. There's not even, like, a a, a, plant, a potted plant or something to decorate that section. It's just Han. We I see that Chewbacca Han has been brought. Han was decoration. I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah Jabba does say Jabba my favorite decoration. Mm-hmm. He's mounted there right next to the mounted Tauntaun head. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very interesting thing. Yeah, because um, why would you mount a Tauntaun head? Isn't that just like mounting a horse's head? Yeah. like, it's, like it's not it's like, that cool that you look, killed a Tauntaun. I got a goat's head. Isn't this pretty cool? Check it <laughs> out. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. But we see that Han is there. Uh, C-3PO and R2 are here. Lando is here. Chewbacca is here. And in the next bit, we find out that that mass bounty hunter isn't just some bounty hunter. It's... It's somebody trying to free Han. Oh my god, who could it be? Someone who loves him. Who exactly. could that? It's gotta be Dengar. So, <laughs> Dengar's theme plays. It's very beautiful. I, I, I had never... I, I, like, okay, so, like, when we were talking about the critters, Cam, I think you brought up, we're just supposed to feel, like, uncomfortable in this, like, grungy, just dirty place. And while we were watching, Travis pointed out, like, what, everyone's just, like, laying around sleeping in this, like, drug den. Nobody went anywhere. <laughs> it's like an opium den. Yeah, they all it's, like, wake just an up opium den. at the same time, like, the lights cut on and they were just behind them the whole time. <laughs> they were behind multiple curtains, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, we see Han gets thawed out of the uh, carbonite thing and then we uh get the reveal that oh it's leia wow and then they i guess have their tender moment and then we hear because i guess jabba was trying to keep his laugh in but he just couldn't do it yeah just broke him <laughs> right at, right then right at the last second and then they open up the curtains and they reveal that C-3PO was going to try and warn them, but they placed a hand over his speaker. <laughs> so I guess he just couldn't make any noise. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't clang around. <clears throat> couldn't scream. And then, and then we get probably the best Jabba moment where 
um, Han gets dragged away and Leia gets grabbed and pushed right up into Jabba and his greasy tongue. Ugh. And it's like, Ugh. Does, does he lick her? Um, he, he moves his tongue out and around, but he doesn't lick her. Okay, I was trying to remember if he ever licked her. I mean, I it's, it's bad enough he's like a foot away from her licking his lips. That's yeah. close enough. Oh, another thing. Um, when we were watching, Travis had noticed, um, okay, so we see it's, it's, it's nighttime and everybody is sleeping just on the floor, I guess. Okay, this fucking, like, Jabba's Palace situation, <laughs> it reminds me of, like... Like various queer French films where like teens go and like hang out at their parents like summer house for a whole summer. Everyone just has like lots of sex and just like gets blackout drunk and falls asleep on the floor. That's what Jabba's Palace feels like to me. Except it's like dirty, you know, it's not like yeah. some... I don't, yeah, I don't feel like dusty. there are like hired maids to like clean up, clean up <laughs> after them, right? Right. And into this orgy house at night, we see this, before <laughs> Leia unmasks herself, we see her, she's sneaking in from the entrance hall. And Travis had pointed this out, but she, she's in this this large hallway before that enters that like reception room or whatever, where Jabba likes to chill and above that cage or whatever. She crosses the hall and runs straight into wind chimes where there's like, <laughs> there's nothing else in that hall. Like she, she had to go out of her way to ram her head into the wind chimes. And it's like, okay, this is just a disaster. <laughs> this is one of the worst rescues, I think, in cinema history. What do you mean by like worst? It's just like various characters come into the place where their friend is captured and all get captured. Yeah, because uh, later we see Luke arrives. Uh, first, she sent the droids, and then I guess Leia went in to get Han, but then Lando's there also, but Leia gets caught. And Luke arrives, and he says, hey, he does his mind trick on the doorman, and he says, I will speak to Jabba. You've done very good. And Jabba's like, are you stupid? Like, that's a Jedi mind trick. I'm too cool for that. I won't fall for it. And Luke says, hey. You gotta let my friends go, or there's, you're gonna have a bad time. Don't underestimate me. So, okay, Cam, that's a great that's a great thing. What on earth is Luke's plan? I, I think he was just gonna like walk in and like whip out his lightsaber and murder everyone if they said no. No, he doesn't no, have, he doesn't his, have lightsaber. his lightsaber. Oh fuck, you're right. Because later on the bar, yeah, it's for in some R2. reason. I so what was... happened? I mean, I guess my assumption was that he was going to, like, cooperate with, like, R2-D2 at some point because he was going to put his lightsaber in there so he would come in unarmed, right? Um, and then maybe maybe he had, like, a plan with, like, Lando because they were like, oh, you know, they did the, like, the, the hand motions, yeah. the, the nod to indicate that there was, like, some grand conspiracy to get everybody out, so... I don't know why, like, Leia needed to, you know, get captured. Yeah, why did Leia need to get, like, captured or... Why was she involved at all? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. But I guess I and assumed that, like, Luke and Lando were in cahoots with the droids. At that meeting where Luke arrives and says, Jabba, you're going to have a bad time if you don't do what I want. And then Jabba says, nope, I don't think so. Luke... Then his plan, if things didn't go right, or I guess this is part of his plan, was to reach for some dude's gun and shoot Jabba. <laughs> That's, he was just going to shoot Jabba. He tries. 
And then he and Mr. Gamorian Pig Boy fall into a pit, and Jabba's like, yes! Got him. Everybody, Got him. Everybody gather around to watch this guy get eaten. And I think it's in this part where we see all these beasts and creatures run up to go see, like, what's happening inside the pit. And I think one of the people who runs up here, or the time that one dancer gets thrown down into this same pit, one of them is just a woman in a crimson jumpsuit. Yeah, I don't know. There's She's a just wearing a jumper. Humans? It's like, oh, okay, all right. There's some people who I think look kind of Asian, too. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is supposed are. to be an opium den. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, I mean, could be. Um, I sent in the in the Star Wars channel in our Discord. I I sent an NPR piece that I found about the Asian pilot who shows up much later in this movie, and in that piece they point out like just a few minor occurrences of other Asian faces who pop up in the series. One of them is like somewhere in Jabba's palace. I don't remember exactly where, and another is like a like a Cloud City guard who is just some Asian guy who is also non-speaking. Um, so yeah, I don't know what the, um, I don't know what the, what the gang on Jabba's palace is, is supposed to be, but it just mostly seems like slimy folks and like, or like slimy alien folks and some random humans who I guess are there for some reason. I wonder what the humans are doing there. Getting fucked they up. They came to participate yeah. in like the, the drug den. Get, get some opium or whatever they're doing. <laughs> it must be. I mean, there are humans on Tatooine. That are not slaves, I have to assume. Maybe they're just there for the entertainment? Yeah. Just we get to, to see people get We get to hear... Eaten. What is yeah. the alien's name? There's Max Rebo, who plays the keys. Just the elephant. Yeah, the blue elephant. And then oh, there's the, singer? the like, frog lady, yeah. Size Snoodles, the, which is... Yeah, Size Snoodles. The fact that we know these names is absolutely terrible. Yeah, the, okay, these are... So we, these people did not need names. I'm impressed. In, in Despecialized, we hear Sysnoodles and the Max Repo Band perform Lapty Neck, hmm. which is like a like a weird chill disco song. And then I think the song most people are familiar with is in the special edition where they play Jedi Rocks. And there's like a CGI hairy man yeah. who is yeah. also participating. He, he He's clearly not in this movie. Why did they put and- that in? <laughs> No, no, no. Because Allah. George thought it would be cool and fun. And I think <laughs> if we're doing a purely musical analysis, I think Jedi Rocks is far and away the better song. Yeah, Rebecca like, asked at you're... one point if the music was always this stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm pretty sure. I think if you're if you're in the club and you have the option to ask the DJ to play either Jedi Rocks or Lapty Neck, 100% of the time you ask for Jedi Rocks. Because yeah. Jedi Rocks is pretty much a banger. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But in the context of the film, I don't want to see Jedi Rocks play out. Like in the middle of this like infiltration heist sequence, Lapty Neck is the much better choice for this Lapty film. Lapty Neck is just like a you're like at a like I don't know you're at an opium den and there's like a shitty lounge singer. Yeah, and it's just it works like, great. What is going on? Maybe they're also on opium, and that's why the music kind of sucks. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, just we, too we, fucked up to do a good job. You can go to Jabba's place for drugs, for some music, and you get to see, like, beasts eat people. I mean, yeah, shit. no wonder you'd take that gig. Like, yeah, what I a wish there was a place gig. I could do that in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, so everyone's been captured at this point. Is that where we are? Yeah, and Luke has fallen into the pit with the big critter, and we get a very short little action sequence where he like sticks a bone in its mouth and it drops him because I guess the bone is yeah, terrible. The like <laughs> the compositing doesn't age well, but at the same time no. I feel like it's pretty it's pretty cool to like to see that people were doing this sort of stuff at yeah. this time. And like and, it doesn't look terrible. It's just like it has it's not up to modern standards, but yeah. like it's it, yeah, it's cool to see. And then of course, uh this beast doesn't kill Luke because there's a movie to that we still yeah. need to talk about. So then we get the second part of the Jabba uh, entertainment package. You and your friends and family can go on a barge out into the desert to watch people <laughs> get pushed into a big pit with like sharp teeth and some Do you tentacles. Think that the Jabba's palace folks are the one percent. Because they've got, like, yachts, and they do all this, like, leisure entertainment stuff. Yeah, probably. I think so. Well, Jabba definitely is, right? Because we hear about how powerful and rich and whatever Jabba is a few times, even in Star Wars, but especially in the mm-hmm. prequels as well. Yeah. So we assume he's, like, a, you know, more or less running that, at least that part of Tatooine, if not most of the planet. So I would imagine his hangers-on are sort of living a much more luxurious life than, you know, Watto and the rest of them back in Mos Eisley. Yeah, I'm not sure because everyone just kind of like crashes in this drug den, which gives me the impression that everyone's kind of homeless too. So I don't know. I'm getting mixed messages here. Yeah. Maybe they just live at Jabba's palace because it's so like palatial and... Do you think Jabba's Palace is nice? Like, do you think there's, like, rooms below be. and stuff? Is it kind of like a Trump Tower? Like, people have, like, apartments there and stuff? I guess that's what I was imagining in my head, but there is, there's, like, no... I don't think that there's any real evidence to support that. Um, Luke, but, Luke's <laughs> adoptive parents had had a ni- much nicer house than Jabba does. Just in terms of, like, cleanliness and appearance, yeah. Just a place that I would like to live considerably more than I would like to live in Jabba's Palace. Right. I mean, but he has like Luke's that home really big door, opium. right? There's like that big door. <laughs> That's out your where... criteria. We spent all the money on that big door, <laughs> and then there's just not enough to make the rest of it very nice. And like, there's all the areas where like the droids are getting tortured. So I imagine, and there like seems to be tunnels underneath, you know, where we're like, uh, uh, Luke and there's the like dancer. Yeah. yeah, like underneath, and there's like tunnels where there's like other people. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's a pretty big place. We just don't see any of the nice parts. Yeah. And uh, he's, he must have a garage where he keeps his barges. Mm-hmm. True. Maybe he takes a, a his barges out to different parts of his, like, estate. Oh, there's, like, multiple buildings. Mm-hmm. And that's just the drug uh, den. Or his drug He's got his name room. on, he's got his name on properties the throughout the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> There's some, like, Jabba's Tower on Coruscant somewhere. He has a Jabba fashion line that produces that very uncomfortable-looking bikini for Leia. There's a Jabba's University somewhere in the galaxy, (laughs) and it scams everyone out of all their money. (laughs) Ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. But yeah, uh, we're on the barge. We're here. We're on the barge. We're recording this podcast we're from the barge. We're here live from the barge. Live, live from the barge. From the barge. This section of the movie, uh, it's like our, it's like this big introductory like action sequence kind of uh, that concludes the whole Tatooine adventure. Um, but it also has my favorite interaction in the original trilogy. C-3PO and R2 are inside of the main barge. 
We see C-3PO is wandering through the crowd saying, oh my, excuse me. Oh. And we see R2 has this odd sort of um, like drink stand attached to him. And C-3PO runs holders. right into R2. It falls off and C-3PO says, oh, R2, what are you doing? R2 says like two beeps and then C-3PO is like, wow, don't get snippy with me, blah, 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 blah. And I love that because the implication like, Archie, what are you doing here? I'm fucking serving drinks. What do you think? Like, <laughs> what does it look what, like I'm doing? <laughs> what does it look like I'm doing, you ass? Doesn't you, C-3PO say, like, I know you're serving drinks or something? Uh, I don't remember what he says right now. Uh, dang. He says something, <laughs> and that whole it interaction was really good, though. to me is just like, oh, this is fan. I love these characters so much. <laughs> yeah. I Speaking of that, I, I like that the opening of this film really mirrors a new hope in a lot of ways. Like we start with the people we started or the characters we started with C-3PO and R2-D2 and mm-hmm. they're just bumbling around through the desert. We're even back on the same planet. I don't know. I just, I like the throwback and I like the uh, reacquaintance with, with our, with our goofy duo here. I think that's why I like the, or the return of the Jedi less than um, a new hope is because of the callbacks. It doesn't seem as, like, like mysterious or as epic as it does in A New Hope, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it seems just like, oh, I've just kind of seen this before, and, like, it's not really, like, doing anything that's particularly interesting. It's just kind of... Right. I don't know. It's like a, a, a refrain, but it, it just didn't do it. Into the Sarlacc pit you go. Oh man! <laughs> no, no, you don't get thrown in the pit for that. It's all good. But we do see Luke and the others are going to get thrown into the pit. This gigantic hole that I guess you can just d- throw things in to get digested for a thousand years. Is this the mouth hole or is this the anus? Um. Oh shit! I think it the- has like it's like a sea cucumber, and there's just the one hole, and stuff like goes in and comes out. The same way, and just like once it's digested, it spits, spits it out. Although, it out. if it takes a thousand years, it probably probably gets all of it. Yeah. Also, does it keep you alive for a thousand years, or would you I just like so. starve? Well, I, mean, I, have to starve I guess you'd starve, death. yeah. But you'd just Before. be dissolved. Or like die of dehydration. Yeah, which you'd just be dead in like three days. Just I mean, it's still days, really yeah. bad, but like, I mean, shit, it's better than being digested for a thousand years, like hooked up to life support and shit. Yeah, as like your legs start to just. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, right. Or maybe it would just get your skin and then. Could be, like... but again, it seems like you would just die pretty quick. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure how the thousand years works into this. Maybe it's just a scary thing to say. That's true. I've mm-hmm. never been digested, so I can't, I can't That's say. That's true. We should really stay in our lane. Yeah, we should. Um. Anyway, uh, C-3PO is now... I guess we see like Luke and Han and Chewbacca or, uh, and Lando still in disguise around this little barge right above the hole. And we see a nice little springboard if, in case you want to do a sick little yeah, jump. A little diving board. And, into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> and Jabba's like, and Jabba has C3PO say, all right, uh, you're all going to die. It's going to suck. But if you want to beg for mercy, you can do it now. Of course, n- none of them beg for mercy, really. And then we see, oh, what Luke's plan really was. Was to, it though? I, I don't. Think but, so. well, Rebecca, like Rebecca says, he does that hand sign. Like everyone's like, "Yep, like uh, this nod. is how I thought it was gonna go." Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, and then yeah, getting fed to the Sarlacc was part of the plan, but getting dropped into the Rancor pit was not. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean is it seems like there were a lot of weird fumbles to get here and it seems like there were better ways to resolve this and that this was maybe like a last resort sort of plan. Definitely. I I still have questions about like where so like Luke lost his lightsaber. Where did this new lightsaber come from? He built it. Does he build it? Okay. Yeah. Vader says I see you built a new lightsaber later in the movie. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We don't see him or know where he built it. We just know he, I guess he just put it together. This sort of rescue mission kind of reminds me of D&D games. Just everything. Everything just kind of like goes to shit and you're just sort of like like haphazardly trying to like push your way forward. And then you remember something like, oh yeah, we like, we... We, we tried to prepare for this, so we had you this know. item that would have like saved us had we just used it initially. But we just, I just read my inventory and remembered I had it. And then that's what Luke is doing when he remembers, or when he calls for the, or gets the lightsaber from R two D two. But yeah, I just thought it was funny. You find yourself on, on, on the gangplank. What do you do? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leap off but do a spin. Then I'm gonna grab it. I'm gonna fly <laughs> in the air. And and then I'm gonna grab the lightsaber. Oh, it's gonna be so badass. Can just, I roll for that? Everybody yeah. actually rolls really well uh-huh. and it somehow works. Like everyone gets natural twenties in yeah. that like sequence and you you do it. it you, you you make it work. <laughs> that's that's it is a really D and D ass moment uh-huh. of these movies. That's a re- that's a good point. And it just, it, everything, well, mostly everything works out kind of great. In the end. Luke is able to, yeah. yeah, in the end, Luke is able to grab his lightsaber and he's able to just swing it around and attack all of these dudes on this on this small barge. Um, he's able to do lots of jumping around. I can't actually remember much of this sequence. I because- think this sequence is one of the main reasons I like this film over the previous film, because it just really goes for this sort of like over the top humorous chaos. Um, yeah, that's there's, true. There's I do like all that. sorts of dumb and funny <laughs> shit happening. A guy sticks his head out of like the barge, and Luke like oh, throws him Luke out of it. Grabs his arm and just tosses him right into <laughs> the, the pit. There's the whole sequence with like. Lando is falling into the pit and Han's trying to get a shot on the Sarlacc but he's and blind Lando's and like he's... I thought you said you were blind and Han's like no no just just move your head a little bit. <laughs> this uh, yeah Boba, and like where? R2 is yeah Boba he just like, like turns around and like whacks him into the pit. <laughs> he's done for. Uh, it has it has a vibe that reminds me of like the opening of any like an Indiana Jones movie or like yeah. an old James Bond movie where it's like this is the this is the intro like like mini storyline and like you know because it's the opening of the movie like you know there's no there's no real stakes like people aren't going to die here so you just get like a sort of self-contained like every Mission Impossible movie does this you just get this little like fun romp through a thing <laughs> where like there's sort of some false stakes like you can you can get into it and you can feel like it's like a high stakes thing, but you but you know that everyone's going to get through this in the end, and I don't know. I just I I really like that sort of um, that sort of vibe that goes on here. I feel like a lot of films end up sort of pulling from this. Um, this is probably pulling from the Indiana Jones films that were coming out before this and around the same time. But yeah, I I like I love how they all fly off and just completely blow the barge to hell. Yeah, they go out of their way to ensure that everybody, everyone on the barge dies. Some of whom are almost certainly innocent, at least, like, maybe not by association, but, like... 
I mean, they're the one percenters, right? Didn't we establish this? That's yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. So are any of them were really come. innocent. But there's also like enslaved droids and presumably people as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Because there's like the <laughs> dancer who like um, that dancer that gets chucked into the pit. I mean, she's on a chain. And like Leia obviously was there too and she's out, but I mean you know, if you it's like you have one enslaved dancer and no one else, I have to assume there's yeah. more. But in the past, because you talk about Star Wars a lot more than you actually like literally watch Star Wars, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. So I had some misconceptions. In the past I used to think like, oh man, the Max Rebo band, like the cool <laughs> elephant guy, they all got blown to hell and that's a really unfortunate casualty. Uh Luke was kind of kind of kind of rash there but on this viewing i realized that when luke gets thrown into the rancor pit max rebo and his gang are all there laughing at him too yeah yeah so they're also, actually pieces when of shit. the curtain when uh leia unfreezes han and then the curtains slide back fucking max rebo the keyboard man is there too <laughs> yeah, he's what a like, fucking asshole he's just like yeah this is great what a great gig <laughs> it's it's more than just a gig for them it's like they're part of the they, they're believe part of the they have a vegas yeah, residency <laughs> they've got a residency there they've got a residency on jobs in the sale bar the house band. this is yeah. this is great see max rebo and size noodles now jabba's <laughs> palace <laughs> but uh yeah that's the that's the big finale to the the tatooine adventure uh, everybody blows up and our heroes escape with no Hooray. witnesses Hooray. Hooray! and the first thing after all of our heroes are freed and reunited is they go their separate ways instantly yeah luke fucks off to dagobah once again and the rest i guess just go to the rebel fleet to the rebel fleet which is it's hanging out outside a named planet and i forgot what they said doesn't really matter oh uh, uh, yeah i don't know yeah i don't know or they're in a system somewhere is what one of these what like vader says or something or one of his officers says yeah but we get the we get the short bit of luke on dagobah he arrives on dagobah and he talks with yoda for, for a very short amount of time because yoda is i guess he's just like i'm pretty old it's time to die another one bites the dust and uh, there's another Skywalker. Goodbye, and he dies. Yeah, that's really it. It's a yeah. It's a it's a almost comedically short interaction. Why does Yoda disappear when he dies? But <laughs> um, Darth Vader. Darth Vader doesn't. Well, he might. He might have disappeared, and the armor stayed behind. Okay. I guess Yoda's clothes disappear, though, don't they? No. It's just the, the blanket. The blanket, yeah. And then all of those Jedis that died in Yoda the massacre. Yoda goes nude well, in the spirit realm? Yeah, I don't think those Jedi that like, you're talking about episode three, uh-huh. I don't think they knew how to become force ghosts. Because <laughs> Qui-Gon figured it out at some point, I believe. Yeah, did, that's the weird. Did that's, Qui-Gon yeah, that's literally dropped with a. That's no, dropped no. in like a line. But he. Yeah. I, so Qui Gon didn't disappear <laughs> because I think he, while he was in Jedi hell or whatever, figured out how to come back to like the material world oh. as a ghost. But after he died, whereas Obi Wan just knew how to do that, right then. And also, I guess Obi-Wan's cloak stayed behind. So I'm, you know, I'm not sure how the equipment works. None of this is consistent. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. I was just wondering if there was like a reason in like Star Wars. I think world. of it as more of an abstract thing. Okay. He's, I don't they, know. They've become that. part of something else. That's it. 
Yeah. All right, fair. That's totally fair. I wasn't trying to like poke, poke holes. I was genuinely it's part cur- of why, curious. No, I yeah, no, I agree. I, I I that's part of why I really hate that addition to like Star Wars lore at the end of Revenge of the Sith, where Yoda's like, he Yoda and Obi Wan are talking on the Tantive, and Yoda's like, I communicated with Qui Gon, and he because I guess they felt they need because George in his infinite wisdom thinks he needs to go back and explain everything and so he at the end of revenge of the sith is trying to shoehorn in this idea about like qui-gon figured out the mechanics of becoming a force ghost and i just wish that wasn't there because i feel like we wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't there i really would all just just weakens an element is like yeah it's the same thing as the medichlorians it's like you've just you've overly complicated this thing that already to me at least made sense in like that the, the the force is kind of an abstract concept. We don't really need all. We don't need numbers or anything associated with the force. It can just kind of be a mythological thing. It can be kind of a religious thing. It doesn't. We don't need like you need nine hundred XP to become a force ghost or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like you know we can suspend our disbelief because there's not like a real reason. We're just like okay, great. That's just what happens. But like when we're when I'm, when you call attention to it and then you're just like okay, well this you know, explanation doesn't make a lot of sense. And now that you're talking about it, I want to know more. And so I just, I was just wondering. Yeah, it's kind of like, I remember talking about with episode one, it's like, if you're going to have a galactic Senate and you're going to have all this parliamentary politics and all this, like, you know, complicated bullshit in the movie, people are going to be more critical of other stuff in the movie because they're going to be thinking about it in terms of like real life complicated shit instead of just being like haha the force is magic you know it's and it's fine and <laughs> that's, politics that's, are happening yeah and it doesn't matter like i don't enjoy movies less when i'm not thinking about politics in fact i would argue i enjoy them more if i'm not thinking about in-universe politics and like parliamentary procedure and all kinds of other boring shit but you know, as a as a filmmaker, you got to be aware of that sort of stuff, right? You've got to you've got to be consistent for your audience mm-hmm. in that way. And yeah, the the prequels really do a lot of work to undo a lot of suspension of disbelief, which is bad. But you know, we've it's just, we've yeah, it's very it. unfortunate how little George Lucas understands of his own mythology, right? A little bit, or yeah. Understands of what succeeds about it at, at the very least. Definitely, and like what I mean, at least the four of us think is interesting. What everyone thinks is interesting, yeah. <laughs> honestly. We, we do, in fact, speak for everybody in the world on this podcast. So you don't need to. You don't need to make that caveat. It's just understood that everyone agrees with us, and we're correct. All right. Thoughts on the fact that Obi Wan shows up as an ethereal ghost, but also apparently needs to like take a seat because he's tired and like push foliage out of his way. And he's like, "Oh, he walks." There's a lot of vines around here. <laughs> let me let me sit down, Luke. I don't have anything to say about it besides that it like I noticed that too and thought it was kind of funny that he can still he doesn't just clip through stuff. He can actually interact with the physical world, but still also be ghostly. Yeah. It's just a look thing. Mm-hmm. You're still like a physical object. You just glow. In that interaction between Luke and Obi-Wan, um, Luke, he confronts Obi-Wan about like, why didn't you tell me that Vader was my father, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I'm not sure where it goes from there. Like, But at one point, Obi-Wan just says like, well, then we've lost Luke. You failed, Luke. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what? What, what an asshole, Obi Wan! Why'd you show up? Yeah, what was the point of any of this? 
Say, Luke, you kind of blew it, didn't you? <laughs> well, I guess the, the, the we've screwed the pooch. The, what, the rebellion what was the has failed. Of these two scenes, I because I feel like these are very consequential scenes, especially if you're watching Star Wars for the first time. But they, since I already know how the story plays out, I, I was kind of zoned I, out. The Yoda section makes some sense to me because we get. Yoda saying there is another Skywalker, which again yeah. and knowing the pays connection, off. yeah, and and we kind of get that hint of connection between Luke and Leia in Empire, and then this is hints at like okay, they brother and sister, but the whole Obi Wan part, we like we don't need to see Luke confront Obi Wan like that. It's not needed. We can make assumptions, and then Obi Wan's I don't understand. He's just like. Well, Luke, you kind of suck. Whoa, we've lost. It's like I don't, I don't understand the Obi Wan section other than just, hey, look, we can now issue a new action figure of Obi Wan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little confusing and it, yeah. it seems pretty it's unnecessary. Quick too. I wonder if that was in there for maybe payoff with a later scene, or if there's just some oversight like that where this was gonna be more consequential later, and then either you know. A scene got scrapped, or they rewrote some stuff, and then just kept the scene there, or, or something like that, because it seems really out of place and unimportant. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's just this short section of the movie, and then right after that, we meet up with the rest of the characters uh, yep. in a meeting that is actually kind of like describing what's going to be happening and what's going on right now. And I wish there was more of that, more of like talk about like General Lando and stuff like that, because I feel like I just was, I I forgot all that happened because it's been a while since I've watched this one. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I I just wish I had there just been a little bit more yeah. than like the two seconds with like a whole bunch of names that I had forgotten about and so instead <laughs> of this conversation with Obi Wan we could learn what the fuck a Bothan is yeah yeah, yeah. when we when Mon Mothma uh, the the Mon Mothma is very cool I think yeah Mon Mothma was badass she um she has the plans for this new Death Star and she and Akbar are kind of leading this military meeting on what's going to be happening and then she has this moment where she looks into the distance and says like many bothans died bringing us this information and it's like ooh that's really ominous and it's like okay this many people died to get this information and i facetiously put in what's a bothan what is that <laughs> we i mean i think we so i'm basing this again like most of my star wars knowledge on the battlefront video games uh you could be a bothan <clears throat> In that one, it was kind of like being a spy in TF2 or whatever. You could be invisible. You had like this really strong flamethrower weapon that if you were right next to someone, you could kill them really fast. And I think based on what I remember from what those characters look like, we do see some Bothans, either in this scene or a later one. Oh. But are there that's... Bothans in the movie? <laughs> are Bothans like a class or are they like a They're race? They're a race. Oh. Because I think there's an I think there's like an extended universe consensus as to what a Bothan looks like, but I don't think that they've ever appeared in a movie, and I don't know if a director has ever referenced the extended universe look of the Bothans in a film. Nobody knows. No, I looked it up. I looked up some images, and they're they're not in this film. So okay, Google, oh, find okay. me a Bothan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nope. Hang on. Don't do that. There we go. Okay. Had <laughs> to make sure. But, um, yeah, we, we see that there is a new Death Star that is under construction. And the Rebels think that uh, 
with this shuttle that they have managed to acquire somehow, they can go to the nearby forest moon called Endor, turn I off I just its... saw Bothan in her underwear. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. On the Star Wars fandom wiki. The Bothans look very cool. They're just not in the movies. They're like cat people or something. A Bothan female. Something's exerting an influence on us. Intellectually, I know I shouldn't be enjoying myself, but I am. It's a guy looking at, like, a Bothan dancing in her underwear. Oh, that comic. Yeah, I just found that. Hmm. Very interesting. Please continue. Yeah, Thank you for joining no, us on Star Wars Rewatch. <laughs> we are the Hit Point Pals. If you have any more Bothan hot feet pics, send them to Travis Lean. <laughs> yep. Uh, big fan. <laughs> yeah, okay. So anyways... They're going to go to the shield generator on the forest moon of Endor and hopefully find a poster of a Bothan pinup girl and deactivate the shield <laughs> so that the attack on the Death Star can commence and they can destroy it before it becomes fully operational. Hooray. Do people have Bothan pinups on like their X-Wing tail flaps and stuff? Oh, Somebody absolutely. Probably. Oh, and then sure. probably Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see some. <laughs> Okay, so send them to Rebecca. Don't send them to Travis. Send them to Re- yeah, send them to or Rebecca. Or just like some vehicle body art, you know, like that stencil sort of look. Like on, in like World War II planes, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just two curvy Bothans up towards the front of your yeah. A-Wing fighter. <laughs> we're never going to get past this. This <laughs> is what we're going to talk gonna, about We're going to keep bringing the up these thick Bothans. <laughs> Many Bothan cheeks got clapped to bring us this information. But anyway. Okay. Oh, you can keep pushing. This is your job to just do the plot. Yeah, I just got to keep doing are, it, you know? This one's Forest yeah, this Moon of Endor. Episode. So that's their plan. And we see that uh, suddenly we, we find out Solo is a general. Wow. What a horrible guy to promote to the rank it's of general. It's so offensive that like the two lying, cheating smugglers are promoted to generals and Leia's not a general until the sequel trilogy. The Rebel Alliance is just horribly corrupt. It's just, a, it's it's just like an awful very organization. very sexist and... Yeah, <laughs> it's just a bunch of neocons running around. <laughs> but anyway, so they all hop aboard a shuttle that they stole, and they're gonna go fly down to the forest moon with a with an attack squad. Uh, everybody is wearing camo for this mission, uh, except for the bright gold robot and uh, the small bright white and blue robot. The droids, pardon me. <laughs> So we see them uh, approaching the planet and flying past some Imperial ships, and uh, we find that Luke and Vader sense one another. But Vader, for some reason, lets Luke continue on down to the planet uh, uninterrupted. Ooh. Vader thinks it's fun, I guess? I guess. So he's less like, yes, I can go down. I can go. Oh, yes. I've got him right where I want Okay, him. my interpretation of that scene was that if they intercepted them in space, he would have had to bring him directly to the Emperor. And, like, I, I assumed maybe Vader had some other plan besides that with Luke, that maybe he wanted to do or say something that he felt he couldn't with the Emperor around. But then I got to the scene where they actually meet up, and he's just like, dude, you you got to meet this Emperor guy. So <laughs> I it seemed like that went out the window, but that was my assumption, at least, when he said, no, let them pass, leave them to me. Or maybe he was afraid that, like, oh, they'll shoot down the shuttle and then everybody dies, including Luke. Mm, let's just let them land. Oh, that could be. That actually makes sense. Yeah. But the, we see them land on the forest moon of Endor, and... 
they all leave their ship, I guess, and just start wandering through the woods and very quickly meet some new type of stormtrooper with like a speeder bike and visors, a a little thing they can ride. Yeah. And some visors. And then we get like a scene where Han and Chewbacca are going to try and stop the scouts, but it goes very terrible, like just in every way. (laughs) And then that we kind of get this whole, this big action sequence racing through the forests and some kind of shoddily, I don't know, eh, composited footage. Oh yeah. It's an, I think this is a really good scene. And then it's another case of, like, the compositing didn't age well. Yeah. But I was willing to look past it once again. Like, I think there's some really cool shots that, like, I'm not sure how they did at, at this time with, yeah. with limited technology. I think there's, like, some impressive choices going on there. Yeah, I was, I was, I'm a big fan of this sequence, too. Mm-hmm. The only thing I think is funny about it is, like, based on how fast the bikes are going, which is extremely fast, and how long they were riding for presumably in a, a more or less straight line like how goddamn far away they would be from everyone who was oh, just yeah. on foot and i mean they kind of acknowledge this because like luke has to hike back and sort of you know meet back up with everyone but i, I was just imagining like if you were just riding like a dirt bike or a motorcycle like down a path for however long that scene is it's a good like two or three minutes but like as fast as they're going and then having to walk the rest of the way back, like that'd be several hours of walking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we get this very neat sequence, probably one of the most memorable things. I mean, there's like the big snow battle in Empire that's like iconic. And for this, I'd say, I, I don't know, for me, it's it's this kind of speedy chase and action sequence through this forest. Yeah, yeah it's between sense. this one and like, the final like climactic battle where all the yeah, Ewoks the big are taking space part, and but that, I'd say oh, they're oh, on planet, yeah. yeah, it's they're pretty pretty close though, as far as you know what is the iconic scene of this movie. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, the Ewoks, like you mentioned, Leia uh, meets an Ewok, a little critter. It meets an Ewok. So cute. Yes. We discovered that one of our cats looks a lot like. An Ewok. An Ewok. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. She's all like very like teddy berry and has like nice fluffy fur. Very cute. Very big, Ewok. Big eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Leia meets this Ewok and I just, just gives him like a cookie. Yeah, he's like a cat or maybe a dog. I don't know. Because sometimes he growls and then I think later he kind of purrs. So maybe just kind of both. He's just some sort of, yeah, he's just some kind of a, a neat, fun critter. Just a, just a furry little guy. And she feeds him a cookie, and he he enjoys the cookie, and he just holds it up to his unmoving mouth. And then we're like, okay, I'm okay. Interesting. I see the limitations of this costume. <laughs> but then uh, they get shot at. Oh, well, no. Uh, pardon me. The Ewok stands up and smells something. Yeah, and smells then they get shot at. Or, yeah, I think it's a here. I mean, that's what I was assuming. He does sniff at one point, so I think maybe it's a little of both. They have very, like, impressive senses, Ewoks. I mean, maybe oh, yeah. they do. Yeah, they've evolved to... Uh, live in the forest, yeah. Live in the forest, and they got to watch out for predators. Oh, I don't bad know visibility, predators so Endor, I, I guess they've got, yeah, good, good sight and good smell. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And then uh, he... Yeah, well, Leia is accosted by these two mean uh, stormtrooper guys, and then uh, the little Ewok taps the guy on the foot, and the guy... With, like, the looks- side of his spear... <laughs> Yeah, and then the guy looks down. He practically bends over and points his gun straight down, and he's like, what the? <laughs> and then Leia, of course, 
grabs the gun and they have their little fight. But they haven't evolved for, like, living in the trees and stuff, because Leia has to pick this guy up and, yeah. like, put him on the ground gently. Yeah, I've, I've oh, noticed yeah. that, too. I, I love that, where he was very skeptical of her, and he was pointing a spear, and then, like, 30 seconds later, he's just like, hey, can you help me get down? He's like, all right, yeah, no, hey, pick me no up. No animal or creature would let you, like, pick them up <laughs> that soon in the relationship. Well, she did give him a nice cookie, so okay. I think they're even. And they seem I pretty suppose. intelligent, you know? Like, I don't think that they're just, like, wild animals, right? Like, they're... Yeah, they have a culture. They make clothing. They have jewelry. Yeah, they um, have, like, a god. They have songs. Yeah, they got a concept. <laughs> yeah, they religion. have a religious system of some sort, which is where we see in the next part... Uh, the rest of the gang, Luke r- arrives back where the others were. I guess they just sat around. And Luke <laughs> says, where's Leia? Oh, no, Han says, where's Leia? Luke's like, I thought she was with you. Oh. And then I think Chewbacca smells something. <laughs> Chewbacca smells rotting meat. Yeah, they just oh they, they split up. Um, the, the named characters are going to go look for Leia, and all of the other just people with guns are going to go continue with the mission to go to a bunker <laughs> and convenient. after they after they've split up Chewbacca smells something and he runs off to go see what it is and we see it's just some like meat dangling <laughs> and then Chewbacca yeah and Chewbacca's like yes hell and he yeah grabs the meat. and Luke says no wait what are you doing and then we see of course it was a trap and then uh, the gang, uh, well, R2 has a saw, and he cuts <laughs> this rope, and they all hit the ground, and then they are suddenly surrounded by many, many Ewoks. I like when they just sort of, like, all appear out of nowhere. They just, like, yeah, pop just, out of the they're bushes. They're just there. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Like, where were they before? I mean, I assume right there. Just hiding. But I just think Chewbacca it was couldn't smell cute. them, but he could yeah. smell that raw <laughs> meat. I feel like there's real, like, like colonial, like, Revolutionary War era vibes here where it's, like, revisionist history of, like, oh, no, we didn't we didn't kill all the Native Americans. We, like, teamed up with them to fight off the British. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just I like, like a general kind of way that the Ewoks are treated the, and how they're portrayed. The whole... Like, the oh, savages. This, the yeah. gold, this golden foreigner, he is a god. Like, the whole... <laughs> yeah. The Aztecs yeah. and um, the Spaniards as gods. It's, like... Okay, interesting. It's it's like this tropey thing. But, yeah, uh, but it's we, like it, it's hard to be like super offended because they're just like small, cute teddy bears. Yeah, in like a science <laughs> fantasy thing. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, okay. But still, kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. Worth it, mentioning. Yeah, it definitely feels like like the invaders have shown up and then they've like allied themselves with the tribal people of the land to like deal with their own shit i guess and their own problems yeah much like the uh spanish conquest of the americas they teamed up with many natives to beat other natives and then there weren't as many natives right (laughs) yeah shouts out to the spaniards you guys did a lot of stuff anyway colonialism (laughs) sucks colonialism colonialism is just bad okay but even in the star wars universe yes and um C-3PO explains that, like, oh, well, we, we hear all these little Ewoks, like, praising C-3PO or something, chanting, <laughs> and um, Han and Luke are like, what's what's going on? And C-3PO explains, oh, I, I, they think I'm a god. And then Han asks, well, could you tell them to let us go? And C-3PO 
very, very, very nobly says, I cannot impersonate a god. I'm not going to deceive these people. <laughs> well, no, no, he says they it's against his programming. It's against his programming. But, but then we get into the question of like, okay, do droids have like sentient Who minds? Who programs C-3PO to not impersonate a god? But then he he does later. So like, that's right. He I mean, does. I he feel just like can. this is like a this is like a workaround, right? Where like he can't just sort of like pretend to be a god, but he can take orders from somebody else, right? Mm. So other people are telling him to like say these things that like a god would say, right? But so if Han had said, "Hey asshole, tell them to let us go," C three people would have been like, "Oh okay," but because he asked. I, th- I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because I feel like when um, um, Leia and Luke were, you know, telling C-3PO to say things, he would he would do that, right? Right. Right. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is like droid programming 101. Like, it is required by galactic law that if you're going to program an AI into a droid... One of the it's like a Star Trek Prime Directive sort of situation. You have to tell them they are not allowed to exploit like the native undeveloped peoples of various planets. That's just against the law and really fucked up. Leave so that to the developed peoples of direction. other planets. Leave that yes. to organic. Pe- leave <laughs> yeah. that to organic beings. Uh-huh. We, we, we can pretend do it. to. Yeah. Stay yeah, in your and, fucking um, lane, droids. We see CTPO's like, sorry, uh, I can't. I can't help you guys there, and. um then I th- is it in this part where he says it, you're going to no no we we just, they're they're taken off to the Ewok yeah, tree they're town to the Ewok village yeah Ewok village and we see like they're really high up in the trees I don't know how they got that high but whatever and then we see yeah because this. they can't fucking climb they have yeah. those little yeah. like walkways I mean at least C-3PO, in Lego Star Wars there's like little walkways <laughs> oh, walk, yeah, okay <laughs> we can assume there's a walkway up and we see that C3PO is carried in this big throne and we see the others are like h- hanging up like meat to dry. Yeah. Um, and we see a little Ewok grab a rope and he swings a really far distance and then they cut and they're already in the town and Travis brought up like well how are they going to get everyone else over there how are they going to get everyone else C-3PO's throw? Does, does C-3PO swing do they swing his chair what's going on <laughs> but we can assume that's that's not important don't think about it's, it it's not clearly important. not important <laughs> and we see uh, there, C-3PO is kind of propped up on this nice little platform by maybe the, the the chief's hut or whatever, because he's being revered. And C-3PO explains, oh, it, it seems you're going to be, pr- there's going to be a banquet in my honor, and, and you're going to be uh, the course. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, oh, no, 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 this isn't good. And we get some funny moments where Luke explains, like, all right, just um, tell them to let us go, or you're going to use some magic. And then C-3PO says something in, like, I guess he, he can speak the Ewok language. And then he says, boom, because I guess that's <laughs> the word he's going to use for magic or whatever. And then we see the chief Ewok is like, I don't think so. No, 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 no. He, like, shakes his head. He's like, no, you see, we like, we got to cook these guys, though. <laughs> we got to cook them. <laughs> like, we got to. Dude, honestly, look so around. We are starving. We need to eat. <laughs> and then... Well, uh, of course, they haven't been set free. So Luke closes his eyes and starts to think about uh, he's going to use the force to lift C-3PO. And in the meantime, we can see the Ewoks approaching Han with their torches to light the pyre underneath. (laughs) And we see Han just kind of like blow on the torches to try and (laughs) put them out. And it's 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 all just very fun. And then C-3PO movie gets... movie is fun. Yeah. yeah. And then we see C-3PO get elevated and he's freaking out like, oh, oh my God, what's happening? This, no. this is the first time Luke has done anything right, I think. 
yeah. it's just like lifting C-3PO into the air. And all the Ewoks freak the fuck out. <laughs> and they just start running in every direction. They drop their torches. They could have burnt down their whole civilization. <laughs> they, are hor- they are horrified at what's going on. Oh, we also see Leia's here, and I guess they made her a dress. But that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess they were like this. I, I guess the little Ewok she had vouched for her. Probably. They were just hanging out. Yeah. And and then I guess we cut to later on in that night, I, be, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, so. And we see mm-hmm. C-3PO literally just telling the Ewoks the movie Star Wars. <laughs> he's And he <laughs> has sound effects scene. that he probably wasn't there for. And he's just like. I don't know. He has like a stock sound effects library. Yeah, he's got everything. He's just like, Tawana, Veda. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, and we we get, I really love, like, we get to see little shots of like moms and their mother, mom Ewoks and their baby Ewoks, little kid Ewoks. Ewoks with pipes smoking and listening to the story. (laughs) It's just, it's so fun. It's just nice. It's really cool. I love it. I love these little critters. You've got me, George. (laughs) <laughs> this is the ultimate manifestation of George's obsession with the little critters. It re- like really comes to a head in this particular film. And it also works. Yeah. Where in, in every every other occurrence is like George, this is why do we need to spend 5 minutes cutting to various aliens? George, I don't need to see this. <laughs> <laughs> but for once in his goddamn life, George Lucas gets the critters right here. <laughs> well done, George. Yeah, well done, George. Not so well done on that conversation between Luke and Leia. Yeah. Right afterwards, where they just kind of vaguely talk about. Do you do you know your mom? <laughs> I want to no, know mom, why. My mom died. I want to know how Leia remembers her mom because. <laughs> with our extent, with our prequel knowledge. With our prequel you know, knowledge, she in, you know she, she died. died. Yeah, and I think the better question is: I mean, we have all seen Return of the Jedi, so why the fuck did Padme die on the operating table? Like, why, I don't would, know. why wouldn't she... Have not seen his own movie, I guess? Yeah, I guess George <laughs> forgot. Just have Padme's spirit Leia off while Obi-Wan takes Anakin to Tatooine, and then this shit makes sense, and, like, nothing really changes. <laughs> yeah. Instead oh, of having George. her fucking die of a broken heart or whatever bullshit. Uh, <laughs> she just, she, sorry, man. She just lost the will to live. Oh, we just Fuck. really had to wrap up yeah. the movie. It was already running at like two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, true. It's like a, I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> doctor, what's wrong? Uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, she, wa- she wants to, she wants to die. We're, we're going to let her die. Yeah, that robot <laughs> was just covering his ass. Oh, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah, we get this conversation between Luke and Leia about their mom. And then Luke says, yeah, Darth Vader is dad Vader. And Leia's like, what? What, what? what are you talking? What? Why? What are you talking about? And he says, I'm going to go meet dad Vader. Catch you later. And also, he's your dad. Because that was a reveal here, right? I wish that had been like a had 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 more of an impact. Like I wish Leia had had like a stronger response to that. Like, oh, it your seems like father she just doesn't care. is you know this like horrific person who you know like boarded your ship a couple of movies ago and like terrorized your crew. 
Um, yeah, your dad personally killed like a bunch of guys that you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and she's just like, okay, whatever, whatever, like, whatever. Oh, I've always known you were my brother. <laughs> like, just I don't know. Yeah, I guess George isn't very good at writing women, but no. we knew that already. Yeah, little did we know <laughs> how much know. worse it would get. <laughs> oh, George! But then we see that Luke. Um, Actually, hold on a second. I, I I don't remember, but right after this talk, when Luke leaves Leia, does Solo come up yeah. and ask yeah. what they yeah. talked about? And, and she's gets... just like, can't tell you. And he's just like, what? Uh, like, oh, but you could tell Luke. You could tell Luke, huh? What the fuck? Or I thought that happened later on. I can't no, recall when like that comes. Oh. Han, Han comes out like a few minutes later. This was the part well, where like I was sleeping. Yeah, I think you were sleeping. Actually. <laughs> I, I guess I must have been like fading out of existence at this point because I I don't remember, but I remember bits of that. So okay, what's well, not a particularly uh, right that, memorable scene either. In your fair defense. enough, and right after that we see that Luke has been captured or at least you know willingly caught by some Imperial patrols and he's brought to Vader at this platform or something. And we see this guy who's like, yes, I'm going to get such a cool promotion for this. We caught this rebel, blah, 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 wandering around. He said that there are no others, but I think he's lying. I want permission to do a uh, search. And he was armed only with this. And we see uh, that Luke's got his lightsaber or the officer has the lightsaber and he hands it to Vader. And then we get the conversation between Luke and his dad just on a platform alone. What do they talk about? Um, they talk, Luke's like, I know there's good in you. You were right. Anakin something, and Vader's like, nope, mm-mm, nuh-uh. <laughs> Anakin a, is I'm dead. A I'm, I'm a I'm a bad man. guy. Mm-mm. I have no redeeming qualities. You are wrong. Ha-ha, loser. <laughs> and really, you made a weapon. Very impressive. <laughs> good job. I was really disappointed with this reunion. Yeah. Um, I just wish that there... I wish I had been a little bit more like tender or like a little bit more um, like I wish the stakes had like the emotional stakes had felt a little bit higher. Yeah, I think this is just indicative of a thing in Star Wars generally that the emotional aspects of the story just either don't land or just aren't handled all that well compared to the critters and the space fights and the suspense (laughs) and like that stuff. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fine in these movies because, you know, 95% of them are, you know, these big fights and suspense and escapes and all this swashbuckling and whatever. But then, you know, that kind of forces you to ask, why the fuck did the prequels, (laughs) like, why was 70 plus percent of each movie this, like, weird character building love triangle parliamentary politics kind of shit? It's not like a love triangle. It's more just it's a perceived love triangle. What was the love Anakin. triangle? Oh, is this the Obi Wan love yeah, triangle? Yeah, the Obi Wan. <laughs> well, Anakin thinks it is. I, mean, I was the, thinking the, more just sort of like star-crossed lovers, kind of between sure. Padme and. That's fair. That might Anakin. be a better way to put it. Um, they like can't be together because he's a Jedi. I think if Star Wars was like a 2010s HBO TV sci-fi drama, you would get Luke shows up at the platform. And he and Darth Vader lock eyes, and then it just cuts to the credits and plays Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. This scene is just very underwhelming. They just kind of meet up, and they're like, so you're my dad. 
Boogie Woogie. And I, just, I guess I just <laughs> no, it's not. A, more it's drama. not even so. You're my dad because they already went over that earlier. It's just <laughs> hey, yeah, but dad. Luke couldn't accept it before, and now he's like, so you're my dad. <laughs> so you're my dad. And then his dad wish... is like, wait till you meet my boss. He's so cool. You're going to love this guy. I wish he like... could have said something about like his mom or just like. Yeah, something. Like a, something that's like a little, like makes Anakin or makes Darth Vader into Anakin again. You know, because like he talks about like, oh, I still feel the good in you. So like, let's let's get a little bit of that goodness, you know. Uh, yeah, let's, I don't feel the good. Where is this like, good? Let's, just, I assume Luke was just bluffing and he was just saying what he thought he needed to. Oh. Or he was Did sort Luke? of like deluding himself and it's like, oh, I feel there's good in you when like maybe he doesn't. Then maybe make it seem a little bit more... I don't know. I just oh, it yeah, doesn't no, I seem agree. believable. I'm not, I'm not just trying to like, defend. He the just quality. like has this sort of like meaningless line that he says, and I I just want it to have like a little bit more weight. Yeah. To it. Oh, I completely agree. I'm not defending the quality of this scene because I don't <laughs> think it's very good either. But at least like with some internal logic of the universe, I think it it kind of makes sense. But again, I'm a lot more willing to be charitable about this sort of thing in these movies than I am with the prequels because there are at least like fun times in this movie mm-hmm. and it's all going somewhere. Also, you... I mean, in, like in the prequels, it's like ev- like with the midi-chlorians and things, everything is explained in such great detail. It's inviting like it's inviting you to pick it apart. Whereas this, everything's kind of just kind of kind of vague mm-hmm. for That's the most part. True. Yeah. Hand waved away as the vast majority of it should be. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, it's, it's kind of like Rebecca's saying, there are emotional stakes that also get hand waved away a little bit, which is yeah unfortunate, but at least the scene isn't very long. Yeah. You know, we just go do something else and it's fine. He's not complaining about the sand. <laughs> and uh, right after that, Vader gets as far away from any possible sand on Endor by going into orbit with Luke and taking him to go see the Emperor on the Death Star. And we get the to is weird. Yeah, we get to see this old dude. I mean, we, we saw him in his introduction, but now we get to see him like talk a lot more and interact with other people. But we see the emperor in his swivel chair. He just kind of hangs out looking at space. It's a very nice chair. It, it is. is a very it's, nice like a, chair. it's like a gaming chair. It's got like good back support. <laughs> <laughs> the emperor we is also, a gamer. <laughs> Yeah, the Emperor is a gamer. In, like, another scene that, like, because we start getting into this cross-cutting, we get to see back-to-back, like, Admiral Akbar in his command chair and yeah. the Emperor in his it's command chair. chair and duel. Akbar's chair is, like, it's just really shitty. It's, it's like someone awful. took some PVC pipes out of a closet and, like, taped them together. It's, it has no back support. It's, it's got, like, a like hook for your neck. no armrests. In order like, for him to like spin around, he doesn't just, he doesn't rotate in a swivel chair. He does like a half crescent because his chair is stuck to some sort of like rig. Yeah, it's on some sort of like jib or something so he can just like <laughs> zip about the bridge. It's like so stupid. Why didn't like why doesn't it just rotate like a normal chair? Just get an office chair in there and yeah. like put some brakes on the wheels. <laughs> but yeah, in this first meeting between uh Luke, Vader and the Emperor, uh we get some great chatting uh, the emperor just kind of vaguely saying uh, you will become a bad boy <laughs> <laughs> or some shit i genuinely i don't remember what the emperor really talks about cuz he just kind of says the same thing over again uh, over, say, and like, over you'll and fulfill over your again. destiny you yeah. something like that like five times destiny yeah they say destiny a lot he refers to luke as my young apprentice a lot that's more my or less what i remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. He's not a very good character. Not really. Yeah, I mean, he's just sort of like tropey villain, evil. Oh yeah, Satan dude. Like again, there's no way to sympathize with him. There's no way to understand what his motivation is. Yeah, but again, he's only on screen for like half an hour, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, it's just these like pretty basic but important filmmaking decisions were made with this, especially as regards to like character and story. That it's like, well, I don't really fucking care what the emperor's motivations are. He's the emperor. He's a bad <laughs> He's just guy. bad boy. He's just and there his... to be even worse than Darth Vader, and he yeah. is, and it's fine. And his, his, big, yeah. his reveal in this moment is, you thought you were going to do some cool stuff, but I actually am going to do even cooler stuff, because all the cool stuff you're doing is because of my cool stuff. Pretty much, I know what you're trying to do. I made I let that information get out. Uh, your friends are walking into a trap. Yeah, and I'm going to make you watch them die to, you know... You're going to get to watch everybody die. And then you'll get really angry about it and become a Sith. I mean, I think that's a pretty solid plan. Yeah, no, it, you it's know? a big... It's yeah, elegant. it's great. It's cool. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I feel like I like the... the um, I guess, like, I like the emotional weight of that because we already have, like, a very, like, long and established sort of, like, friendship between... Luke and all of his pals and you know, we care about the rebellion and all that kind of stuff like the I feel like that's like the the fact is the fear of loss and you're just like oh no mm-hmm. like what's gonna happen like the the suspense feels yes. pretty um oh yeah when pretty Luke's, worth it you know oh, I'll never join you and then the Emperor's pretty much just like you know how about we? How about I ask you this again after you see all of your friends die? Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, right. whoa, exactly. Jesus, mm-hmm. that's rough. Yeah, that's as far rough. as emotional weight goes, it's like a much more, a much simpler version of it instead of like family dynamics and that sort of thing, which I feel requires a lot of setup and a lot of good character writing and it's hard to develop a character like Darth Vader who's literally behind a mask all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, you just use this knowledge that we already have of Han Solo and Leia and Chewbacca and the droids of like, well, we, the audience, don't want them to die. So it's easy to understand where Luke's coming from. And Definitely. then, the, yeah, the emotional weight of that scene really hits a lot harder because of that. Yeah, it's just ooh, very, very, very neat. Well, um, as we're getting into the big final struggle the big final battle we're going to be talking about this uh location by location so like throne room what well, well, we're going to do surface of endor and then we're going to do like space endor and then throne room <laughs> rather because there's so much it, it cuts between these and i cannot remember what yeah. happens when so we're going to go very, through them it's very good like third act <laughs> cross cutting though yeah we're just going to go through them like place by place so let's go back down to the surface of endor can we take um, and a while, quick break before this? Yes. I'd love to stand yeah. up. Hell We're going to yeah. take a neat break and uh, <laughs> look up some more Bothan picks for Travis and Rebecca, and we'll be back. <laughs> so, you have a twin sister. Your feelings have now betrayed her, too. Obi-Wan was wise to hide her from me. Now his failure is complete. If you will not turn to the dark side, then perhaps she will. Ah! 
And we're back with the final battle of Return of the Jedi, the conclusion of the trilogy. Oh, whoa! So, let's start on the surface of the forest moon of Endor. We see our rebel heroes, Han Solo, Leia, the droids, Chewbacca, and a bunch of unnamed people are sneaking up on a secret bunker entrance. And then we see some hijinks, like a little Ewok climbing on a speeder, and he just starts hitting buttons and he zooms away. This movie start to finish is just hijinks. It's just like goofy <laughs> little things. You gotta shoot Lando, Ewok stealing speeder bikes, and then they've got their traps. It's all hijinks, a start to finish. A lot of whimsy, definitely. It's very yeah. whimsy. That's why it's... <laughs> I was almost gonna say that's why it's my favorite of the trilogy, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and we see that... There are four men outside of the door, but after this little Ewok takes their bike, three of them decide let's all go get him and leave one friend. Then Han walks up, taps him on the shoulder, and we get a goofy scene where he chases Han and rounds the corner, and then we just see the stormtrooper kind of just give up and be like, ah, This is another throwback damn. to New Hope, I think. How, how Han gets uh, turned around in the corridors of the Death Star. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And there's like the big and, and group of stormtroopers. Now, now, yep, now he's on the other end. Uh, shoes on the, the other trick. foot, yeah. Yeah. I was just and thinking we see he's, them. he's really lucky that like that stormtrooper wasn't a little then faster on the draw. Him. Just like shoot him in the back. <laughs> he could have been a really like, I, I don't know, well-trained like gunslinger or something. Yeah. 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 I think at this point we know that all stormtroopers are highly imbecilic i guess <laughs> yeah True. and we see uh, our heroes enter into the secret bunker and then just start knocking people out shooting people kicking them over railings <laughs> and I, I we're just in this big shield generator that i guess just had a back door that <laughs> was was lightly guarded and we see yeah. that they've got bombs and they're going to start planting them on the entrances but then suddenly a bunch of other Imperials arrive from where they had just come from, and it's like, oh no. And they call them rebel scum. Rebel and scum. Really rebel mean. scum. And they take all of the bombs from the rebels, and we realize <laughs> that, oh no, the Imperials surprised the rebels at the secret bunker entrance. And they get taken outside, and we see all of the rebels, including a guy in the stormtrooper outfit. So we have to assume that they knocked the other dude out and put one of the rebels in his outfit to stand guard at the door whatever the rebels are done for like they're not going to blow up the shield generator like the plan uh the imperials are there they evidently were expecting them as the emperor had previously said like i have a legion of my finest troops on that planet your your guys are donezo but then they're not donezo because the ewoks surprised the imperials who surprised the rebels at the secret bunker entrance <laughs> it's like a triple bamboozle it's it's a it's a big hoot and suddenly we see Ewoks running in and firing bows and arrows. Yeah, shooting people these, with yeah. arrows, beating them shooting to death with, with clubs. Be, yeah. And like chucking just rocks. Just blunt force trauma. It's just, it's a brutal, Pretty it's probably gruesome. one of the most brutal scenes in the Star Wars saga. Are you guys joking? No, well, no, because like, I mean, no. obviously the what's on the screen isn't brutal, but like, I'm just imagining being some fucking stormtrooper from like <laughs> they are some advanced rocks. planet yeah, and then like, you just get like an arrow getting, through Nobody's your getting eyeball. pierced by arrows, nobody's getting like their helmets bashed in by the sticks, it's all just kind of superficial. Yeah, I mean, you don't see like anyone's brain shoot out their ears but the implication after getting a rock is... dropped on them, but it's like still, I'm just like... <laughs> being a person in the world knowing like that's a, like a really shitty way to die is get like poked full of arrows and stuff 
It's just yeah. like the the laser deaths to me feel a lot like cleaner. Uh-huh. When then it's just like no, like you yeah, can see there uh, yeah, like these stone tipped arrows that are the, like killing for the people. deaths from like a laser gun. A person gets shot and they hit the ground. They just collapse. With yeah. this, we get so many shots of gangs of Ewoks beating a man <laughs> who's begging for his life with big rocks and clubs. Like when you get shot with a laser, oh, he's dead, and it looked kind of peaceful. I mean, at least a couple be of like, tank pilots get crushed by logs yeah too. like there's <laughs> it's like a guy gets getting like, stepped on by the atat in the uh, last film yeah. it's just like Ugh. it's like that's just yikes that's a big yikes i guess i just wished it was treated like less of kind of a joke where it's like the teddy bears show up and they're just kind of like bonking people with their clubs like i wish i had seen more like explicit death and i wish like, i would have seen blood something. shoot out over the snow white arm of a stormtrooper <laughs> yes. somebody get pierced in the neck by a i wish we, 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 we saw a stormtrooper get his like lower body ripped from his upper body by many ewoks yeah <laughs> oh, wow like, i don't know i th- not that of course but like i don't think i'm asking for too much like i wish there was a, just a bit more weight to like the tribal people get to bring down the empire here yeah like i guess i, I want agree. like the game of thrones loot train attack version of the battle of endor yeah i want to oh. see like one of like edits like how they yeah. did the intense <laughs> obi-wan and darth vader fight that's like really intense and over the top but just like an incredibly graphic battle of endor yeah <laughs> I mean, we do get some, like, tender moments during this, uh, or just moments with some actual weight, like, um, the, Ewok the, the dies, two Ewoks yeah. running from mm-hmm. uh, the ATSC, then they get shot, and then, I don't know, like, one of them is, well, one of them gets he's back like up, sad. and he's like, come on, friend, we gotta go, but the other friend isn't gonna be getting up anytime soon, oh, and it's like, so sad. And it was really oh, sad. and it's like, that that little bit between these two little critters has more weight than all of the Gungans. <laughs> so like, much when, when the Ewoks are all like ganged up on a stormtrooper hitting him with sticks, like I want to see like a camera POV of the stormtrooper as like the sticks are hitting him. And, like, <laughs> you can hear like his breathing and, yeah, and you can like, hear like blood gurgling in his throat or something. Like, see him like terrified and like begging for for his life from these <laughs> aliens that can't understand and These little him. fuzzy critters. Yeah, these yeah. little teddy bears brutally murdering a guy. Maybe just like one one death because I like how it's not. I like how this doesn't, or I guess like in Star Wars in general. I don't know. Maybe it's making light of violence, and you know, maybe that's like a discussion that we need to have about like it's, TV. Yeah, depi- I mean, or it's movie so interesting. Violence. It's interesting the depiction of violence f- like from A New Hope and then into the next films, and a lot of it is informed by merchandise sales. Like, as much as I like Return of the Jedi, I can't help but feel like there's a lot of it that just feels kind of campy and family-friendly when it didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. And, like, George Lucas himself has admitted to, like, watering down parts of the film that he wanted to be a bit more dramatic because he was afraid it would hurt merchandise sales. And that would hurt his bottom line because he's getting so... Because we all know how much fucking money George Lucas makes purely from merchandise sales. Yeah. Um, there, was like yeah. A, there was, like, a creative consensus between like Harrison Ford, the director of this film, Richard Marquand, uh, that they were going to kill off Han Solo, but like Lucas stepped in and was like, eh, I don't, I don't, I, I think I want to sell Han Solo toys. So they didn't do that. Um, 
so I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from when I like I kind of as a joke I'm saying like I want to see stormtroopers like I don't want to see stormtroopers heads get ripped off but there is a <laughs> level of superficialness to the Battle of Endar with the Ewoks that I think doesn't need to be there like I think there could be like a bit more drama and a bit more like seriousness given to the scene um especially considering how it's like the fall of the empire and it could be kind of a big like weightier moment but instead it feels more like it's playing to comedy and like playing directly to merchandise sales right we want to sell a bunch of ewoks and we want to sell a bunch of stormtroopers we don't want to like ruin anyone's experience i guess by like or we don't want to ruin anyone's like commercial sensitivities by showing blood or anything even though we showed some blood in a new hope so i guess it's just interesting to me the evolution of what george thinks should go on the screen once he realizes how much fucking money he can make from toys mm, merchandise mm. teddy bears <laughs> bears native americans mm. <laughs> george are you okay mm, mm. Two logs. <laughs> he's just over there planning the like his introduction of the Asian aliens he's, in the Phantom Menace. Every time yeah. they're filming, George Lucas is sitting in the corner with a big pad of paper and some crayons. <laughs> he's just kind of like, <laughs> hang glider, drops rocks, <laughs> catapult. <laughs> but I love all of the like Ewok contraptions. Oh, yeah. those are fantastic. I all my favorite contraption like. I love the Ewok with the hang glider just dropping rocks and then he gets like annihilated. It's just so it's like, oh this is this is neat. Like the Ewoks are fighting with the with the tools they have against something that is so very different in advance. Like they, they're just dropping rocks. I like the the two logs that come and smash the Yeah. The, yeah. What what's it called? My brother always the, called the, them chicken walkers, so that's what I call just called them. The walkers, head. I guess. Yeah, I and think then it just smashes it. Just like smashes the the, the, the top part. That's my yeah, fave. it's pretty funny. Speaking of brutal deaths, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that Chewbacca and and a couple of Ewoks like hijack an AT uh, ST, and then the chicken walker, and then they just. Hey, they just go around kill some other chicken walkers. Oh, but I love some stormtroopers. Um, yeah, yeah. They really the, go to town. Uh-huh. Guys are piloting it, and then a little Ewok like looks in through the window and waves. And for some reason, the one the one Imperial tells the other, "Go out there and get him <laughs> off." Why would you do that? You're safe. You're, it's you're in an armored vehicle for a reason. Just like smack so, him the next time you see him out the window. Yeah, like, like the windows are you open. Doing? <laughs> but then we see he opens up the the hatch and Chewbacca is waiting there. He yanks him out. And then the two Ewoks, one with like a hatchet, go in <laughs> and they beat this man. And we can only assume he just bleeds out and dies. And that his corpse is just in there the whole yeah. time when they're yeah. like piloting it around. But then we get another like... fun little interaction where the two Ewoks are sitting at the controls and Chewbacca gets in and he's like, "What move. <laughs> he has them get out of the way. Oh, it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, I, I guess overall, I have here, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how brutal are the Ewoks? Not brutal enough, I yeah. guess, for me. Oh, <laughs> but you guys I'd might say, have other opinions. I'd say I'd say they're like a, I'd say they're pretty brutal. They get. A I'm not even good, using my own scale of one to ten, but yeah, a good six or seven. I mean, I think just the limitations of the movie have got to bring that score down because it'd be pretty high if it was you know like we were saying getting realistic <laughs> depictions of death with like blunt weapons but i think yeah. the 
I think it was like a choice not to depict those as one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess I, I kind of agree with Travis here that I just it's feel like l- it's an entirely commercial interest. Yeah, it seems like very like oh for the kids for the cuteness as opposed to like let's show some like I don't know yeah. some more like horrific. Things. It's, yeah, or like put some like I guess not even horrific things because I don't want to see like violence porn like I'm over it don't want to see that anymore but like I want to I, I want there to be a little bit more weight right. and not just sort of like oh my gosh they're actually like bludgeoning people to death yikes um, have that just be like a little bit more apparent yeah yeah I don't want like gore or violence porn like you're saying but I also don't want war to look fun yeah, yeah. like I don't That's think exactly that should what be I'm a trying joke to get to, I think yeah yeah so like I yeah, I understand the commercial choices made and all that stuff, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I understand them. Too. I completely disagree with them. Right, but. <laughs> right. But it's, you know, it's Star Wars. It's a blockbuster. What are you going to do? We live in a society. We do, in fact, live we in a live society. on a forest moon. Indeed. <laughs> Doesn't matter what kind of planet you live on. You're always in a society. So let's leave this planetary society and go to an orbit society as we talk about the final Endor battle, but the part in space. I like the space battle. Me too. I wish there was more space battle and less Ewok battle. There's some really sick like camera moves in the space. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was not expecting for like a movie made in the 80s. (laughs) I cannot imagine everything's done with models, right? Yeah, it's all models. That's so cool. Yeah, it looks fantastic, too. Like, interestingly, there's some early, there's some, like, very, very early, I believe it's one of the earliest uh, uses of CGI in a film, where in the, much earlier in the film, in the war room, where you get, like, this 3D uh, hologram of a planet and the, or I guess Endor and the Death Star orbiting it. Oh, yeah. Um, That was something that stuck out to me. But then, yeah, like, the space battle, very cool visuals. Uh, I, I love all of the, the ships and how they look and how the camera interacts with them. Yeah, the the one hole in like the one thing in the effects that is terrible to me is um well, okay, well let's just go through this and then I'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> but um we see the rebel fleet warp in and Akbar does his is in his shitty seat and he's like, Alright, everybody, let's <laughs> let's do some cool shit. And they're all flying towards the Death Star, and then Lando says he he talks to his little co-pilot friend and he's like, what do you mean you don't have a reading on that shield? We should have one up or down. And then he says, what do you mean? How could they be jamming us unless? And then he comes to that realization that, oh shit, like the shield's up and we're being jammed. They know we're, oh no, everybody evasive action. Whoa. And then, yeah, we get the big, or it's a trap. Ah." And we see that there's a huge Imperial fleet just waiting for them. And so the rebel fighters start flying towards that fleet to try and get away from the Death Star. And then we get thousands of TIE fighters just flying straight at the Falcon and everyone else. And it's such a cool visual, except for in the center of the screen. There are these there's a, there are spots where TIE fighters are appearing and you can see them pop in. At like a distance where they very clearly should have been visible. For like, yeah, earlier. I think I noticed that. But that there was so me, much going I've on always, the screen. <laughs> For me, that has that just minor thing has always just annoyed me, and I I just like I just. When you say I always, is this something that's consistent in the special edition? Do you mean? I think so. I think okay. I have them on DVD. Huh. I feel like they pop into existence there. They might not, but I may, maybe it's just from the first time I ever saw these movies because I saw them first on VHS, and I that was like a 
non-special edition release, the early, like, yeah. the 90s VHS. And I always thought that was just kind of kind of weird. But on the whole, it's still very neat to see all of these, like, ships and things fighting in space. And it's like, I guess, wow, I, I'm amazed. I guess my thought would, is that they were also just, like, appearing. They were jumping from hyperspace. Like, you know, they were, like, out of range. Oh. And then they were just sort of like, oh, haha, we're going to surprise you. Now that you're all here, we're going to show up after you with, like, even bigger, battered, scarier ships. Um, Aren't they just there orbiting the Death Star, though? Yeah, they were on the oh, other side were? of the moon. And they just fly in, like, normal speed? Yeah, because the Emperor says the fleet's just going to hide on the other side of the planet until it's time. Oh, never so, mind. So, yeah, they wouldn't be coming out of hyperspace because yeah, they would have just launched I feel like you can't do, like, a mini ship. hyperspace jump. I feel like that's using, like, nitro boost to get out of your garage. It's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> All right, fair. So after that initial like arrival of Tie Fighters and things, oh well, I, I guess this whole this whole thing is just a big space fight. Like I, there's not much I can really we can really talk about for like. Oh, did you see that ship shoot that one <laughs> ship? Oh, so badass! Oh, so cool. Um, we do see like there are three pilots of color. Oh, there is, who? There's Lando. Okay. There, there is That's a, true. there is a. Pilot of African descent, whose one thing he does is he just blows up. Okay, I missed that. I guess. And we oh, see. Great. I wasn't and, looking yep. for it. And we see a pilot of Asian descent go. Ah. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> and uh, yep, that's it. There's also a interest. This is just trivia, I guess. But there's a uh, there's a female pilot, but she's dubbed by a male uh, voice actor. Oh, oh, weird. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't huh. notice that. Why? Yeah, you're not supposed to notice it. <laughs> I guess because you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess they while they were doing photography decided somebody decided like yeah, let's get some let's get some women pirates or pi- let's get pirates. some pilots I give me the women pirates in Star Wars please um but <laughs> yeah I guess then in post like someone was like oh, I can't have women pilots there's like what did you a, ask there's a piratey lady in solo right yeah but that's um yeah Amelia Clark's character I think so. Is it, is it Amelia Clark? I wasn't really fucking paying attention when yeah. I watched Solo before being. Uh, if you're asking, here. is Amelia Clark in Solo? The answer is yes. Okay. Is is she a pirate? I don't know. No, there's <laughs> I a, don't a pirate that like steals the shit in the beginning, and then they encounter each other at the end. Yeah, the fuck it. We don't need to talk about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to the pilot of Asian descent. Oh, I are you talking he- about Enfys Nest? I get, I don't know. Is the, that the, the pilot of the Asian name? Oh, what what are we talking about now? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna resume my bit. I'd yeah. like to apologize for mischaracterizing the uh, pilot of uh, Asian descent. I, he I said he says ah, and that's it. No, he also says there's too many of them, and then yeah. he says ah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so we see this fight for a while, and then suddenly the Death Star is actually functional, and it blows up. A gigantic ship, and everybody freaks out. And Akbar mm-hmm. has a. I'm not sure what Akbar's plan was, because <laughs> Lando says we need to go. We need to go towards those star destroyers. And then Akbar says he like protests, even though they are in a like they're between a rock and a hard place. Like they can either stay there or get blown up or just go towards the star destroyers. So then they all tr- start try to get away from the Death Star. Yeah. And of course, after the big shield generator is destroyed by the rebels who are able to 
with the help of the Ewoks, overthrow the Imperials and um, place their bombs. They blow up the shield generator, so the Rebels are then able to begin their attack run on the Death Star 2. And they start flying into a lot of pipes, or hallways made of pipes. Yeah, the maintenance a big pipes. Reactor. Yeah, the, ma the big maintenance pipes for all sorts of ships. And we get uh, a very, I don't know, claustrophobic chase through these pipes, through these maintenance tunnels. And we see them uh, blow up the reactor with a few blasts, and it just kind of drops right into something and causes a huge firebomb. And uh, yeah. I think it's a really Wait. satisfying sort of like action bit as they like zoom through the zoom through the pipes because like they you know get there and it's stressful because like the tie fighters are right there and then the reactor comes out but then like are they gonna make it out this is the last movie so we don't know um, oh there's that neat visual where um the falcon is really cutting it close and we get that shot from the cockpit of the fire you can see it on the periphery yeah. Like they're already mostly engulfed and then they just barely make it out and it's just it's fantastic and i love like the shot really like where you can see the falcon like zoom like just like pop out and like there's all this like flame right behind it and yeah like i think that's really satisfying i think way way more way more fun to watch than the ewoks i think it's a good um mirror or like throwback to how a new hope ends mm -hmm. it's crazy how much of these special effects evolved evolved in like six years because yeah. like the new hope death star fight is like you see an x-wing and then it tilts to the left and then this it's all sorts of amazing angles and things that i don't i don't even know how they would have done mm -hmm. it's, just, it's it's truly amazing yeah it's it's weird how or it's like interesting how how much of like the evolution of visual effects as a whole it can, it can just be directly contributed to george lucas and like all of the time and energy and money he personally put into like research and development of mm -hmm. visual effects for Star Wars, which then goes on to be used in many films and industrial light and magic becomes a thing. Um, still bad at making movies, but like he's like a he's like a film scientist or something. He's like so many things would not have been possible without his contributions to the medium. Uh, and then he made Jar Jar Binks, so. It's kind of like a monkey's paw. Yeah. <laughs> like, we get a lot, but at what cost? Yeah. So The, this, the throne room? Yes, this final part of the final battle. The throne room. Hooray! We get to see the Emperor being super smug about the whole thing, and also super snug in his nice chair and his onesie pajama, or whatever. <laughs> but... We spend he's a lot of these. Snuggy. He's oh shit. Oh, I hope. Not. Oh no. <laughs> Isn't it cool that I can tap your lightsaber, Luke? I'm wearing a blanket, but it's got armholes in it. <laughs> Couldn't do that in a regular blanket. My young apprentice, I will teach you how to make your own snuggy. But anyway, <laughs> we get to see them just watch a space fight for a long time, and while we assume Luke is just, you know really upset and hard and just mortified at what's going on while the emperor is just right behind him saying yeah you will turn to the dark side give in to your your anger strike me down ah. especially after he produces luke's lightsaber and sets it down and says you'd like to kill me wouldn't you mm, be real easy to do so you'll strike me down mm. 
I wonder mm. what his or what the emperor's plan would be if he actually had like been struck down just been struck down just like out of the blue do you think, think he, do you think he just like, think the assumed that he like, wouldn't is, be able to do it I, that's what I'm assuming I, I'm assuming yeah. the emperor was like you can't strike me down so there's no problem was, here yeah and then we see of course Luke does give in and he grabs the lightsaber in like the most telegraphed move ever and swings at the Emperor and Vader, of course, stops him. And the Emperor's like, yeah, <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> and he laughs. <laughs> and he says, I really like this Ooh. fight. Oh, yeah. I think of all the lightsaber fights in the original trilogy. This one is easily the best. Like, I don't think it's even close. I think this lightsaber fight has my favorite moment from any lightsaber fight, too, where, um, well, we see. Luke and Vader are just fighting one another because Luke's just extremely pissed off and he wants to stop them and stop the Emperor from hurting his friends. And um, Vader is just, I guess, d holding up his end of whatever's going on. And we get that moment where Luke is hiding in the shadows and Vader's just like, uh, your feelings betrayed you um, and now they'll betray someone or something. And he says, ah, your sister I see you have a sister. If I can't turn you to the dark side, perhaps if she, if you won't join the dark side, perhaps she will. Mm -hmm. And we get that moment where Luke comes out of hiding. He screams and he just swings his lightsaber at Vader and that music plays. I think that's just a fan. I think that's just a great moment. Yeah. And of course it, it culminates with Luke pretty much beating Vader down constantly on this railing until Vader just cannot protect himself anymore. And Luke chops off Vader's hand and another hand chop. Another hand chop, and we see, um, well, Luke is just kind of triumphantly standing over Vader, who's just chilling on the platform, having a, having a rough time, and then the Emperor gets up from his seat, uh, and he's just walking down the steps, and he's like, ah, good, good, ah, now strike him down and take your father's place beside me, and then Luke puts his saber away, and he's like, you failed, you lose. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. And then the Emperor is very miffed because he's like, I went to all this work and you're still... <laughs> are you serious, dude? <laughs> Come on. Uh, and I summarized it in the document by having Luke says, I am a Jedi. Emperor says, now you are a dead guy. Vader says, now you're above my head. Bye. <laughs> because we then see Vader stumble over to the Emperor and Luke says... Nope, you failed. Uh, they're still good in my father. And then the Emperor's like, ah, Now, young Skywalker, you shall die. And he does like some neat hand signs and shoots lightning into Luke. And Luke is in a lot of pain, obviously, writhing on the ground. And the Emperor is just having a blast. He's, he's having cackling. a very... Yeah, he's, he's laughing. He's having fun, shooting some lightning into a young boy. He's just he's having a, a great sadist. time. He's a real sadist. Hasn't yeah, alive in probably like decades <laughs> he's just having a blast and we get that moment where we get the, those shots of luke just crying out father and the emperor's eyes and then we see vader kind of look at luke look at the emperor look at luke we kind of get that moment where you can tell like vader's pretty torn up about this and he's he's thinking and then we get that moment where vader grabs the emperor lifts him above his head and throws him down a pit after getting electrocuted by the emperor as well I feel like this is why I wanted there to be a little bit more sort of like 
character development or like character mm-hmm. interaction between Luke and Darth Vader originally when they had that first conversation about just like I just wish that we could have seen like a little bit more human side of Darth Vader. So maybe this so like maybe like foreshadow or like add some complexity to Darth Vader's like ultimate betrayal of his um master, right? Like I mean, I I, I don't know. I feel like I wish I could remember from the first time I watched it cuz I feel like it wouldn't have it would have felt like way more important as opposed mm-hmm. to just like oh he just like switched sides again like oh haha ha, let's throw them down this pit um again it doesn't have it's it doesn't feel as like intense as it could have been why does darth vader switch sides is he just like it's my son I, yeah. pretty much I that's think. all we get like, uh-huh. so, like i feel like we should have had like one scene earlier where it was just like darth vader and the emperor and he started to show some sort of like mm-hmm. doubts about the emperor's plan or something I wish we could I don't have, know. It, could like, have gotten like a monologue or some the like right notes for me. Yeah, some epic thing. Like after he like tosses him down the pit, I just wish there could have been like a, a little more, a little bit more yeah. like hurrah. Um, yeah, I think the issue too with character development, it just goes back to Darth Vader not really having a face because mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. there could have been things we could have seen with like some expressions or even just like eye movements is like pretty basic stuff that I think wouldn't have been that difficult to convey if we could see his face. But just because he has that mask on the whole time, it's really he's hard to read, which is, I mean, part of the menace of Darth Vader, right, is that he's, you know, more machine than man, like Obi-Wan says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it, I would agree it would have been a little bit more satisfying if there had just been a little bit more nuance and a little more complexity to that, you know, final, final betrayal. But I think it's still fun. I mean, I think just on its face, like, you don't want to watch your son get tortured. And that's, you know, maybe something Darth Vader hadn't quite signed up for. Yeah, I guess. Well, Luke, yeah. Lucas... Will what, what? Oh, Will, you were saying that, like, the part where he gets mad when Vader invokes uh, Leia uh, is one of your favorite moments. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think this moment's, it's one of my favorite moments too, because like, I think it does a lot for the broader Star Wars mythology about the force. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I feel like the idea, like the classic interpretation is like the force is some sort of, it's like a spiritual power, but like your actions have consequences, I guess. And then Yoda has his whole spiel about uh, not giving into anger and the emperor is trying to tempt Luke to use anger and i like i feel like this whole like light side dark side thing like it's star- like as a kid i think i it makes sense to me like as an adult now reading into it it feels a bit more like because like we have we have the fascists right and like luke is out to kill the space fascists and, and you should punch fascists um and it feels like the l- whole light side argument kind of gets back to this idea of like civility where mm-hmm. <laughs> like you you can't be mad and like you can't punch fascists and stuff and mm-hmm. that's how the force works in star wars is like if you get too angry you slip over to this dark side it's the ultimate um, horseshoe theory yeah yeah that's kind of how i felt when like in the beginning like in the beginning in like the uh the, the prequel trilogy when they were like trying to sort of like teach anakin to just like I guess, like, not have any emotions, just, like, be, yeah. like, a sociopath, essentially. Um, yeah. 
which I thought was just like a really like toxic and gross, toxic and gross. And I felt like it was like a little bit more explicit and over the top because I don't know. Um, but like, I, I, yeah, I do feel that way with the light side the versus the dark side. And I feel a lot of that is kind of like inherent to the fact that it's this partially like spiritual thing, like most religions in the world, like none of them preach like you should go and like commit acts of violence or do certain right. things. But yeah. every religion in the world has had histories of violence or has a concept for like when it is OK to actually do something violent against someone else. So there's this odd thing of like on the surface, it's like, yeah, yeah, good, good side. Yeah, light. But then, yeah, like Travis, where you where you look at it a little more, it's like, well, hold on a minute, wait a second. Yeah, because it's like, how are the Jedi? How were the Jedi? I guess supposed to get anything done if they were just being civil and polite, and I guess they didn't. But also, like, like how does how does the whole idea of like slipping over to the dark side work? I like it just kind of gets lost for me. Which is funny because earlier I was talking about how like I prefer things to be abstract rather than the mechanics of Medichlorians or how much experience points you need to become a Force ghost. <laughs> but in this particular case, I I feel like it, it like it just is a little bit too abstract for me. I don't understand. I, I where does someone slip to the dark side? Where I do would, they become a Sith? Or I whatever? think it's kind of like with people who are like. Like with vigilantism or people who really want yeah. like to take the law into their own hands. It's like mm -hmm. it might be motivated by a good thing. Like I want to save my friends. I'm, go I'm going to lash out. I'm going to do this thing. And I think maybe you could maybe interpret it as the, the chances for you taking things into your own hands. And maybe you reach that point where like, oh, I know what's right. What I want is what's right. And it's for the best. And that might guide you down a certain path i'm assuming but that's not how they talk about I, it in i like star wars. that reading because in star wars they talk about like if you do if you use your feelings you're wars. gonna be bad yeah 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 it's this more simplified like it's a th it's for kids right yeah mm -hmm. it's like it's like sort of an infantile explanation of like if you hey if you got angry you're gonna be you're the bad guy yeah, it's not exactly the best idea to leave, oh, whoops, to leave, like, in-depth discussions of, like, morality and spirituality up to, like, a science fantasy thing for kids. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, Star Wars is this world that is so open-ended that, like, mm -hmm. this is where I end up taking discussions. It's like, I, w w what about my version of Star Wars? Like, <laughs> where, where, like, morality is, is more gray and stuff, and, like, it's Star Wars to the folks at Disney, I guess, at this point, is just, like... Like it's there to te to sell merch and it's there to tell a like a fun romp and like at a certain point you can't get into it too seriously but also you have to because it's good to question things. I also think that it's sort of interesting. I think like this happened in Harry Potter a little bit too. Well, like people like, would have like those T-shirts, like those like T-shirts that say like, "Oh, like come to the dark side, we have cookies." Oh um, yeah, sort of yeah. to like. I don't know, to make, make the make the dark side, like add some nuance to the dark side a little bit. Like, I have no idea why people would want to do that. Maybe because like they were trying to be like edgy teenagers. Um, I think it was just like edgy humor. But um, I always thought that was like a shit, like a joke about how like Vader doesn't really offer Luke much in the line of like a reason why he should join the dark side. Because he just mm -hmm. says, oh, we could rule the galaxy, even though I chopped your hand off and I've killed like people you love. And I think the whole we have cookies thing was just like that wouldn't really buy you like get you to switch sides, would it? That's what I that's how I thought that uh -huh. was. 
I guess I always just thought it was like sort of like adding nuance to the dark side and just like oh, I guess people I, can be I like angry like, and stuff like that and it's okay. Yeah, I guess I thought of it as like because Yoda talks about how the dark side is like the easier route, and I guess I feel like the dark side has been brought up to be like like the easier and more powerful and like more sinful route. I guess mm-hmm. it's like in giving into like temptation. I guess because yeah, it's, it's a like more hedonistic. Yeah, I yeah, it's like exploiting people for your your own benefit. Uh it's like yeah, you can like kill people and like become all powerful and stuff, but you're like a shitty person for doing it, but like it's more fun, I guess, if that's what you're into. But yeah. I feel like the the alternative that we see Anakin in where like the Jedi order is kind of kind of shitty too, where like you can't have friends. You can't like yeah, fall in you're love. You're not allowed to fuck. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not Which is interesting because it's like that's like George going back and like reanalyzing like the light side dark side thing and the Jedi Order. Yeah, it didn't have to be that like monastic. Right. It didn't mm-hmm. Need to be totally austere mm-hmm. and like all these vows of whatever. Seems like a weird choice to make. Mm-hmm. Like, what's he really trying to say there? I don't know. What kind of society does George think we live in? Yeah. A merchandisable one. <laughs> Where on earth were we? Can, we, we? Just, we're at the end of the film. Oh, we're yeah. The, the Emperor yeah, fell down a pit. It was yeah. a neat effect. <laughs> now, uh, everything is falling apart on the Death Star. Luke is dragging his dad's body around. Well, I shouldn't say. Yeah, he's dragging his dad around. Not a body it's yet. Not a body yet. <laughs> um, then he's like, Father, I'll not leave you here to get blown up in space. And his dad's like, <gasps> take this fucking mask off. <laughs> and then they get me out rem- of this thing. <laughs> get me out of this shit. <laughs> and let me look at you with my own eyes. And then he takes the mask off. And his dad's like, you were right about me, Luke. You were right. There was some good in me. I am something. a good person. <laughs> I am a good guy. And then he dies. And Luke's just like, darn. And then I guess we see him at like a funeral pyre for his dad. Um, During the Ewok party. Yeah, and he like, or right before it, uh, and he lights that. Is it right before it? I thought it was yeah. burning, but I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was right before. I mean, it's all it's all like the same thing. Like he, he lights the pyre, and then the, we, we pan up to the sky, and we see that the Rebel Alliance has decided to spend lots of money it could on rebuilding the, the galaxy on fireworks, on an... <laughs> On a forest moon. On a moon. forest. Oh, I wanted to talk about the forest fires they started. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, they just during like the during the battle. <laughs> they oh. just detonate lots of fireworks, and then we see the Ewoks are pl- are having a fun little party, playing like little drum instrument, like their own little instruments on the helmets of presumably murdered stormtroopers yes. and stuff. Yep. <laughs> and we see the Ewoks are just you know yub nub. <laughs> We got the restoration in the despecialized of It's great. Yup. And we see all the rebels are like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, hooray. And then we see Luke see Obi-Wan, Yoda, ghost squatting on a fence, and his dad. And it's like, and then oh, Lando's like doing a jig, and then we just go to the credits. Yeah, and we go straight to the credits. We don't need to like, get oh. into this much, but I feel like the like the endings of most of the Star Wars films are way too abrupt. I've realized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I thought it was just one or two, but I think it's like all of them, aside from barring like Revenge of the Sith, which goes on way too fucking long. Um, <laughs> every other movie is just like go. immediately after the conflict is resolved, 
there's just like some people smile and we go to the credits and i wish it wasn't like that yeah music and maybe a party yeah and the ending of this film is one change in the special editions where i think that, that i think was a positive yeah i like the special edition ending better i'll admit I, I like the the new song that isn't Yub Nub. <laughs> Yub Nub is fine. I just don't think it's the best like note to end. It's not the a best end for a, for a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yub Nub. Uh, and then they also edited in like shots of Coruscant and Tatooine, like Naboo, uh, Naboo, other planets. It's, it's very, it's it's weird. It's strange. It's like re-edited to be the end of the saga instead of yeah. just the end of the trilogy. But on the whole, I, I that's a change that I, I do enjoy. Yeah, same. Well, we've done it. We have returned the Jedi where he belongs, and we've talked yeah. about it as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> final, <laughs> final thoughts on Return of the Jedi? Any or, need, any or the thoughts? trilogy, I guess. Yeah, just, uh, yeah. Or all of the six movies we've now watched? Or any, we any, watched? Any retrospective thoughts? Have you, have you th- thought back and gone, you know, this has been, this has been, this has been neat? Or, you know, I hate the original trilogy. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? I'm excited about the next trilogy, which I was not expecting. I don't really have any final thoughts on the... I think I've said all the things that I want to say throughout this episode about how I feel about the previous trilogies and, like, the films. But I am excited for um, the next three that we're going to watch. Because I I really didn't pay much attention to... what's What's the episode seven... Oh, The Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. And then episode eight, which I also forgot the title of. And then The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. And then was like the return of Skywalker. I have the no The rise clue, of Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I'm excited about those because I remember, I guess, The For- Force Awakens being like pretty fucking epic in theaters. Where we're just like, wow, we're back in Star Wars and it feels campy and great and it's not like weird and awkward. Um, <laughs> like, I guess the prequels were. Um, and like seeing like cool special effects. I'm just excited for that. Um, and kind of like having films that sort of feel like cutting edge again, as opposed to just being like, oh, this is a little bit older and we can tell. Um, I'm excited for that like more like immersive experience. Yeah. I am too. I had I really enjoyed the overall experience of watching the prequels and then going to the original trilogy, just seeing what's different and how things have changed with like different direction and all that sort of stuff. So I think it'll be really enjoyable again to do it with The Force Awakens and the I guess just the the Disney ones yeah. in general. Um yeah. unfortunate to see how far the franchise fell with the prequels (laughs) now having seen all three of both trilogies it's just kind of like god damn like there were a lot of people involved in this and like nobody stopped it from happening with regards to the prequels but i guess that's you know just an indictment of private ownership really (laughs) (laughs) ha 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 yeah, I'm glad that we watched the despecialized versions of these films. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I had seen despecialized uh, A New Hope, or Star Wars, I guess, uh, before uh, in college. And uh, I hadn't seen despecialized Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi before. So it was really cool to see all three of them in a row and to see 
more or less what they originally looked like. Uh, it's really helped inform like how I feel about the Star Wars films in regards to like just presentation and production in the original trilogy compared to the prequels and now the sequels. Um, like, I, I don't know, just like, it's not like a, it's not like a film snobby thing, I don't think, where I'm like, oh, the originals are the, are the best and they're always the best. <laughs> but like, I, like this has kind of solidified my opinion that like these first three movies are probably like the, they're like, they're like definitely the best of all of the Star Wars films. I, I highly doubt that any Star Wars film that comes out in the future will change my mind about this. Um, and I still think it, that it's like such a, like, like a good technical achievement, what they were able to do. And I also just really like the story. I don't know. I just really like these movies. So that's, that's what I was left feeling, I guess. Uh, I found it really, it was, it was neat to go back and like rewatch the prequels because I remember so much about them, but I've, I, I, I knew I didn't like the movies. So I've never sat down and actually watched them in a long time. And it was really neat to go back and watch those. I don't think I'll do it again anytime no. soon, but I'm glad that we, we got to do it and kind of talk about these movies. And it was neat to go see those and then watch the original trilogy and kind of talk about all these characters and like the stories. I, I It was interesting to kind of talk about the original trilogy being uh, a child of like the post prequel era. Yeah. Like... Oh, oh, look, it's Max Rebo. It's Cy Snoodles. Oh, it's this character. It's, oh, that's Dengar. It's Bosk. Oh, yeah, this and that. Or, oh, what about, it's a beast from Felucia. It's like all these things that, like, when I think of Star Wars, when I, in my head, when I think of Star Wars, um, a lot of it has nothing to do with the movies. And it's really, it was really neat to go back and just talk about the movies and focus on those. Yeah. Because when I think Star Wars, I think of just the whole... The whole merchandise thing. <laughs> Shouts out to George, but yeah. Yeah, I didn't neat. realize how much of, of Star Wars was informed by George Lucas's uh, desire to sell merchandise. Like I yeah. knew before, I just didn't realize to the extent until we sat down and watched these again. Yeah, and that joke from Spaceballs is a lot funnier in retrospect, where Mel Brooks says like the primary reason for being is merchandising. <laughs> didn't realize how like spot on that was but now i do on that note uh well we'll be back our next episode will be on the force awakens uh we've we've made some great progress here star wars rewatch has been a hoot so next time you hear from us we'll be talking about uh the adventures of uh ray poe finn and bb8 yes who i think is a pretty good follow-up to r2d2 if you ask me but more on that on the next episode uh for everyone here at star wars rewatch we will see you all next time bye 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 should end this episode of the podcast on uh, an echoey Jabba laugh. Okay, do you want do a Jabba oh, laugh yeah. and then I'll put a big echo on it. <laughs> nice. I'm excited to hear that one. <laughs> All right. I'll stop my backup recording now so now that we have that.
You feel good. Yes. <laughs>